Panago Pizza presents S D P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. You know, we were just discussing the particulars about the song Disturbia, and Jesse mm. had a very hot take about Rihanna's Disturbia. Jesse, do you remember your take about Rihanna's Disturbia? What was my take? Tell me. That it was a spookier song than Thriller. No, no, I was joking. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Thriller no. is the best song of all time. I'm not. <laughs> After uh, a couple of songs on Purple Rain, but... Oh, another discussion. Such a great album. Um, can mm. I just say that Thriller is not even my favorite Michael Jackson song? Mm. Uh, beat it is because one Edward Van Halen Edward Van Halen did the uh, guitar solo on it and they asked him hey do you want to make some money off this like you're signed this thing he's like no don't worry about it (laughs) became the biggest song in the world (laughs) no don't worry about it (laughs) no don't worry about it it's okay (laughs) so um, he even actually played it on stage with Michael Jackson once which is kind of neat if you really want to look up grainy YouTube footage but I'm a big Van Halen fan so that's why it's cool to me what's that Justin Bieber song? song Oh, uh, I see. I'm really bad with song names, and I'm even worse with singing, so it's hard to convey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you I, need to do both. Try to yeah. name the song and sing it to us. No. What? What's? What's the? Uh, no. What's the one? Uh, the way you make me feel. The way you make me feel. That's, that's yeah. it. That's the oh, title. Well, that's the song. I like that one. It's a great and one. Billy Billy Jean, I like as well. Yeah. Uh, Pretty young thing, underrated. Oh yeah. Really great song. Black well, and white's great. Man well, in the mirror. Like mm-hmm. there's. Some bangers there. Some Don't bangers. stop till you get enough. Oh, also to start good. the album, unbelievable. Do, do, do. Oh. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Right can't go wrong. Whatever right song you top. pick is the correct answer. No, it's a good song. Yeah. There's some, there's some good stuff. Um, now listen, guys. There's so much to get to today. There's so much fun we can have. So, so much fun. But we were talking about Disturbia, and I think it's important that that Jesse and Steve understand the point that I was trying to make to them. And you might not know this. Now, I'm just going to change my microphone. This is how you sounded the other day, Steve. I'm uh, just degainifying my mic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is, oh, yeah? That's yeah, what, this that's sounds good. Okay, there we go. So, <laughs> so did you guys know mm. that Disturbia was written for a movie? Was I it? did not know that. Yeah. So, that was a movie. By Sh- it was, Shia LaBeouf was the star. And this was right after he came out with Transformers. So, that was like a big... You know, Transformers was a big movie that year, and uh, it's about him. Um, uh, it's about him spying on his neighbors and thinking that his neighbor is killing someone. That's what the movie's about. That's what the movie's about. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, and yeah, it made yeah. a lot of money. It 120 million bucks, and yeah. it only cost 20 million to make. You know, sometimes I'm like, they don't make any good movies anymore. And then I look back at the movies they used to make, and I'm like, we live in the golden age of media. <laughs> we do. Yeah, yep. I was I yep. was looking at the um, I was looking at the the box office and the Billboard charts for 2002, because uh, the game that we covered last night for Sportsnet was from May 4th, 2002. Mm-hmm. Remember Oops by Tweet? No. Yeah. Oops! There goes my shirt up over my head. Oh my! The oops! Oh, oh my! my. Yeah, yeah, oops, oh my, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She was ahead of her time, that tweet. <laughs> she she really, she didn't peak, she should have peaked in 2010, right when everyone started to use Twitter. She wow. Lose Yourself, another big song, uh, Give Me the Light. 
That was a that was a big one. <laughs> big, big tune. Big big tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot and her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Happy by Ashanti. Hmm. There was a Cheryl Crow song. Can't remember which one. It was a big year, and it was a um, huge year for sequels. Men in Black Two, Harry Potter and the uh, Chamber of Secrets, uh, Lord of the Rings and the Two Towers, um, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Two thousand two, big year for two. Huge, huge, huge. Can I, can I throw this out at, at you? Mm. Can either of you t- tell me who wrote Disturbia, the song? The song? Yeah. Uh the dream. Good, good. He wrote a lot of songs around that time. Yeah, yeah. Good. It's not, yeah. It's not correct though. Uh, no. Not correct, Steve. Christina Aguilera. Nope. The song was written by Chris Brown. And Chris, oh. Chris Brown was going to use it on, it was originally considered to be a part of the re-release edition of his second studio album, Exclusive, which was a huge album. However, after finishing the song, he took, uh, he preferred the song Forever, which later became the lead single from his re-released album. So he chose between the two of them and he felt like Disturbia would be better for a sing, uh, female singer. And apparently I was wrong about the movie. It was just, in, the name was inspired by the movie. Um, and so he gave, and then obviously they were dating at the time. We all know what happened after Brutal, but um, he gave the song to her. And that's how, that's, that's, how music, that's how music history was made. And I think there was another song that Rihanna had that was supposed to be a Britney Spears song. And I'm pretty sure it was Umbrella. Uh, I, and the, uh, um, I think Britney Spears turned it down. And I think it allowed Rihanna to take it. And I'm pretty yeah i'm looking it up right now but anyway. umbrella fun fact is made from garage band d- default loops is it actually the base of uh Rih- of uh, umbrella the drum loop is a default sound package that you get with garage band wow you yeah. know how sad that would make my dad like, to, to just hear those words he hates wow. all that stuff that's no, uh, remember back when people used to play instruments no <laughs> <laughs> my dad's one of those remember what which uh that that drum solo you posted from gary glenn on friday was pretty sweet man hell yeah man my dad beats the shit out of those drums he 60, does he's a hell he of a is, drummer he's awesome yeah 63 years it. old i could i could post a lot more and, and i gotta say uh shout out tina the camera lady for that that is the that is the most still i've ever seen her hold a camera because you know your mother yes yes because <laughs> she, she's she this is how she takes photos all right all right, guys, here, three, two, with you. And like, freaking, <laughs> it's brutal. It's like she's standing on a paint can shaker, just here, everyone, Merry Christmas. And- <laughs> so, so, Steve, you actually got to watch some hockey last night. Now, we do have some hockey news to talk about to get to that sort of thing. But, um, you know, last night, uh, you were watching a game with uh, between the Sens and the Leafs from the playoffs, and you had people that were actually there, like Vancouver Canucks co- uh, coach Travis Green. You were on the broadcast with David Amber and Carolyn Cameron. Like, this is a cool idea. So can you explain for anybody that missed it, you could watch the game on TV, and then did you guys do the intermission, or were you just watching along and commenting as it happened? No, we watched the whole time. Uh, we watched the whole time, and we're commenting the whole time, but we had guests on the whole time as well. And uh, the- On what all- platform? Twitter? YouTube and on Facebook Live. Cool. So okay. YouTube streaming and Facebook Live. Um, the production staff, everyone behind the scenes was unbelievable. It's hard enough to book guests. Um, it's even harder to do it during a pandemic. Someone had to drive an Ethernet cable out to Gary Roberts' house. 
um, because we did a rehearsal on Thursday that was a disaster and uh, we, we couldn't get his internet to work. He's, he's, he's literally uh, yelling at his kids in the other room, turn off Fortnite. You got to, it's slowing down the internet, turn Fortnite off. And I've heard, I've heard Gary's pretty intense. It, it made me want to go into the other room, turn on Fortnite and turn it off. Like just to listen to his orders. Like it's an it was, order. It was, I was afraid. I was, I was very afraid, but um, yeah, like Travis green scored the first goal of the game and they booked him so that Travis green was the first guest and he got to watch the goal uh, in real time. Uh, That's Shane, cool. Yeah. Shane Corson was on um, and he was a, he was a pivotal part of that game. We had Gary Roberts on at like 10 30 at night when he, when he scored the triple OT winner on our broadcast. That's the other crazy thing. This game was so long that it was crazily cut down no intermissions commercial breaks were one minute only and it still took three and a half hours wow so you were on live for three and a half hours three and a half hours. Yeah. i took oh, one gosh. bathroom break i, took I was one at that break. game you were at that game that's right no way that's right, yeah. that's right. Whoa. I was there. yeah some weird twist of fate i was there i remember gary scoring scored it at 11 51 p.m where, do you remember where you're sitting? How old were you? How old? Were yeah, you? yeah, it was up in the the red, like the higher end of the lower bowl. And I probably 2002, so I would have been 14, maybe 13, 14. And it was in the yes, spring, so we would have just turned 14. Yeah, so this was right before high school started, and um, it was uh, it was pretty cool, man. Like I I, I think it was. Um, I can remember uh, my stepmom looking around and looking at my dad and I going, holy smokes, when's this going to end? And she sat down and right off the next face off, bang, it went in. And it wasn't like she was not happy, but like, or sorry, not uh, excited to be there. But you, you have to un- imagine that you're, you know, the, the edge of your seat that you're on at home during the playoffs. Yeah. So imagine that, but with 18,000 other people for an extra game in the same night a full extra game yeah i well and and crazy crazy other thing about that game is the the leaf scored twice in the first eight and a half minutes of the game and then the two teams combined for three goals over the next five periods yeah so (laughs) it was a lot of going what's gonna happen i remember it was looking so good off the top because they did score and then that and then you know when when teams claw back as we know it's terrifying because sometimes oh, it feels yeah. like there's nothing you can do. And yeah. uh, I, I just, uh, I remember thinking at the time, and this is, this is my youthful innocence coming through. But when I went as a younger kid, um, it was during the Cujo and the Ed Belfort era, era. So they won a lot. It was a six-year mm-hmm. period where they were in the playoffs. And I think they were in the second round pretty much every year except for one. And probably Most the last years, year. Yeah. Most years. Um, so, you know, you, you, you begin to start to expect them to win. And I felt like I was good luck because I was in the arena and I'd never seen them lose since before Cujo got there. So I felt like, I felt like because I was there, they were going to win. And uh, it was <laughs> you. You was correct. It was, it, and I was right. Yeah. Um, Crazy thing about that, Adam. Uh, Steve still believes that about him watching a new his game couch. at home. Yeah. his couch. It's funny. If he I, oh. sit on his couch at home, maybe they wouldn't lose in game seven, Jesse. Well, no. You know, <laughs> after that game seven, I no longer believe that. Oh. Is that oh, true? great. Maybe we I can no find longer it. believe in that or anything. Maybe we can find a couch closer together next time the Leafs play in the playoffs. It's probably next spring. And we can all hang out and watch a game. And maybe you can frig off. Okay. Maybe, well, like, just yeah, what, what, just what about that? What about and it doesn't have to be a meeting. We could actually get together as friends. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no Jesse, you're not attend, available for that? I only attend meetings. So, so the, the, the full broadcast, I should say, is still up on the, the Sportsnet YouTube channel. And the plan is to do it a lot more. We're still 
working out some of the kinks. We could hear Dave Amber uh, clearly, no problem. And then we find out on the YouTube channel, no one could hear him. Weird. So he tried to join three times before he eventually just had to completely drop off the broadcast. It was just Carolyn Cameron and I and Faisal, they just called and were like, are you busy? And he's like, it's, it's a pandemic. No. So he just turned <laughs> his computer on and joined the, the broadcast as, as a host. So we, we cool. had uh, Travis Green, Darcy Tucker. I asked him if he ate human flesh, uh, Shane Corson, uh, Brian McCabe, Alan McCauley, and of course, uh, Gary Roberts. So it's, it's still so, up and we're hoping to uh, do more. Of those guys, who do you think was the most non-hockey media about it? I'm assuming Travis Green was very, you know, had it very much together. Who yes. was the most honest? Travis Green, he, it's hilarious because his celebration for his goal is even just that. Yeah. And, and as he's watching... For anybody he's, listening, Steve just put his arms up in the air. Sorry, just yeah. put his arms up, expressionless face. And even on the, on the watch party, he's just like, yeah, you know, it's it's a great feeling scoring a goal like that. <laughs> <laughs> great feeling. It's a great feeling. Are you serious? Good time. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. Uh, it's so awesome. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, the back and forth between – I wish we could have had Darcy Tucker and Shane Corson on at the same time. So I didn't know this, but they actually live like six houses down from each other. But yeah, they're, they're tight. They're tight. They're brother-in-laws. But they're currently practicing social distancing, so they only see each other now when they're walking their dogs. Right. And so even Darcy Tucker and Shane Corson right now are being responsible and like across the street going, Hey neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was just that, I would say um, the guy who seemed like the most chill was uh, Brian McCabe. That guy is just living the dream. He's got two different Brian McCabe jerseys behind him. One Chicago, one Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's still got the, like the Fred Durst goatee and he was wearing a tool baseball cap. I'm sure he's got a Mohawk under there. He normally probably. Has Probably. Oh, and then, yeah. so I, I grabbed my, my Brian McKay. That's the one right there with the, I got the alternate with the Mohawk. Um, and he's just like, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. My son has that. And I'm like, how old's your son? And he's like eight. <laughs> no. Eight year old son. <laughs> you know, I'm what does that say least... about your dolls? Dude? Yeah. Oh. What does that say? <laughs> They're figures. Damn I'm it. A li- I'm a little surprised. And I, I, I mean, maybe, Maybe this doesn't mean anything. He might have a jersey from every team he played for. But wasn't Brian McCabe like a 22-year-old captain of the Panthers? Uh, no. Was it the, the, the was Leafs? It the Islanders? Might have been the Islander. I don't know if he was the yeah. – He was yeah, a I don't, very I don't know young captain. captain. He was a very young captain. captain. It's weird. There was an era where being the captain meant less. Um, yeah. Like, remember it the was, Minnesota – was the captain in Florida. He was a ca- well in Florida. And, it was later in his career, though. and in the island, and oh, on wow. the island, he was, he was the a captain two-time of the captain. Yeah, and he had big, long, big, long, bushy hair. Oh wow, bushy hair. Yeah, he um, was really young. There was a time where I think being the captain meant less because, like, the Minnesota Wild um, alternated captains. Yeah, I think one year. I think you're right, and I think part of that is media-driven. To be honest, and I rarely say that, uh, but if you even ask the teams, they're like. Um, I mean, yeah, but it's a, it takes a group. And every former player, GM, owner, anything, anybody that's done anything in the league will tell you that, that it's not, it has nothing to do with um, just the one person. I think we make a big deal of that in Toronto. But, I mean, football teams have multiple captains. It's not just one player that wears a C. It's just here's the leadership group. Um, so it's funny that um, 
it is sort of funny that we make such a big deal of it because it isn't just one person. It's so, so interesting that people are so, you know, tied up, but Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, who should it be mm-hmm. when all three of those guys need to be the best leaders they possibly can be. Right. Right. It's strange that it's a designation like this guy, we are going to point him this crest that means more than the other guys. When in reality, it works like any other like workplace or office place where everybody has their kind of role and natural leaders will develop or change from day to day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, what, it's sort of like the, um, I think part of it, the reason they designate it is first off, a lot of the hockey players when, when this league was formed were coming out of World War I, right? So they were used to that. And it's, you're there sort is. of, the, there no, is. but it's, you're the first among equals. So the way that democracy is supposed to work is that you're the, everybody's an equal citizen, but you're the first citizen because you're the elected. Yeah. So, so that's sort of the same, that's, it's sort of that weird principle of, and, mm-hmm. and also I think on, from a, from the perspective of who's on the ice talking to the, the officials, I think they want to talk to a captain. They don't want to talk right. to you know, Joe Schmo, who just came up from the Marlies. So it's sort of a way to streamline that process too. And I think that makes a big deal because I think there's be a lot of guys who would be like yapping at the refs if they didn't have designated captains. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I understand I that. that from that yeah. perspective, yes. from like a, just a rules based when you're on the ice, this guy gets to speak to the other, the guys who are controlling the game. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. in terms yeah. of the locker room culture, I don't think it should really cross over in that mindset. Yeah, you're probably right. I, th- I think there's definitely, man, there was some footage that came out um, recently. It was from a Leafs Bruin series and Roman Polak was on the Leafs. So it would have been 2018. And the ref, I uh, can't remember who he, was, who, he, who he was yelling at at the Leafs bench, but it was basically like, yeah, and what the hell do you want? Well, what do you got to say, asshole? And I, I wonder if that's something that, you know, we always talk about how the Leafs can't draw a damn call. I wonder if, like, they just haven't developed those relationships yet. Well, Tavares doesn't talk. <laughs> and Tavares doesn't talk, which and is a problem. Like, Mo, Mo is the only one, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you look at, like, Sandine's not drawing any calls because of who he is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, played 10 games here. Who are you? This is – I mean, this is how dumb, like, you know, kind of jock culture works. You know, Mitch Marner's yelling at you, and you're looking into a child's face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you are. They, listen, yeah. we shouldn't be shocked. There was a, there was a rumor going around when the Devils hired John Hines that other teams were weary of hiring hiring him, not uh, because they didn't think he was a good coach. He had a great uh, coaching record coming out of the minors. They were worried teams wouldn't respect him because he was like short and had a high voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's terrible. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, but I mean, I'm not totally surprised, I think. Yeah. Ref, that was tripping. Shut up. You draw on your gloves. Leave me alone. <laughs> Friedman said once that he was, uh, he was deliberately trying, well, he was losing weight and he was trying to get healthier, but he said a part of it, like a small part of the reason he was trying to lose weight, because he thinks some of the athletes respect reporters more if they see that they're also kind of athletic. It is a thing. Yeah, and he said it, it's a thing amongst them. Mm. So, kind of makes it, sense. It's probably mm-hmm. why there's so many former players that are coaches. You know, even there if was, they're not in fantastic shape. There, there was a player I, I was speaking to once, a former player, and uh, it's not one who I currently work with. Um, who I asked him about a coach he used to have. He was just like, "Yeah, fat asshole." <laughs> wow. So, oh well, 
I mean, well, because I, it's tough when someone's like, hey, work harder. And, you know, you see them not doing any work whatsoever. The only time they put on skates is for practice. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Keith and Babcock, both guys pretty, pretty fit, right? Yep. You, yes. you, you, you have a Mortal Kombat-style tournament with the Leafs and make Sheldon Keefe fighting it. He probably makes it pretty close to the end. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit <laughs> of a gym rat, too. It's funny because you wonder where the hell they get the time, right? Like, if coaching is like a 14-hour-a-day job. Where, where's the 15th hour coming from? Yeah. Do these guys maybe you're working out with the guys, you know? Yeah, maybe. While the players probably. are working out, you're probably in there, too. Crushing weights, <laughs> which I'm definitely not doing right now, by the way. <laughs> Picking stuff up and putting it down, you know? Yeah. Let's lift some heavy things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the broadcast went well. Who did, what was it like? Um, what was Darcy like? Darcy Tucker. Was he, was he fired up? Was he excited? Cause it, he, oh yeah. He had his entire family. I think I saw on Instagram, he had his entire family around the dinner table watching, which I thought was so awesome. Yeah. So what I, what I liked about that is, uh, you know, we have Travis green on and, and we're talking about comparing, um, comparing himself to today's players. And we were talking about a comparison of the eras and, and I, th- I was either saying to him or Carolyn, I was just like, well, look at a guy like Darcy Tucker. Like if he were to play in today's NHL, forget suspended, he'd be in jail. Like that guy was a nut. He was a complete nut. And then we, when we have Tucker on, one of the first things he says is, oh, yeah, so I've, yeah, I've been watching the whole time. So I'm like, oh, he heard me say that. So I, just, <laughs> I just tore down all pretext. And my first question to him was, Darcy, have you ever eaten human flesh? <laughs> and what did he say? Did he no, laugh? But, no, but he didn't say no immediately. Okay, so you had to think about it. He, How do I want to answer this? He denied it in the way that a guilty person would deny something. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of cool that, um, it's kind of cool what, you know, there's been a lot of not cool lately. So it's kind of cool to see some new ideas and some new ways of doing things because there's no way in a million years sports and that's able to do that unless, um, or there'd be no reason to do that unless everybody's at home. And it's nice that these guys are willing to participate. And frankly, it's quite cool that they all sort of live in the GTA. There's a lot of former players here. And so they've got, you know, they can, within a couple hours, you can pretty much hit most of the Leafs, Leafs captains that are still alive, except for Matt's. Um, you, can, you can do really, really cool things with the internet as well. Because like, it makes me wonder 20 years ago, what would they have done, right? Like, what would have happened if this had struck? Just and be shafted. Just yeah. So I, I just think it's really cool that you guys are doing that because there is a whole bunch of new ideas that everybody's trying, uh, at least in the media side, that I think is really healthy. It, it forces you to just try something different and such a cool concept. And it's so great to see that you guys pulled it off, too, because I think it's um, it's neat to have those guys. Now, I'm, I'm a little disturbed at the lack of Ottawa senators that were on that. broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, something that we talked about. Um, and yeah, believe me, we read the comments. We know. And we're aware. There's um, only like, I mean, listen, there's like 40 people in Ottawa anyway. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, why don't you ever show a Sens win? And I'm like, the first game they showed when the pandemic happened was the four goal game. Like with the Matthews four, Matthews four goal yeah, game. That but was Steve. That was not the story five. of that game. They won. It doesn't matter. That does, that is not the story of they that won. game. You know it. You know it. 
No, no, that's true. no. What they they know that they've got a ready audience with Leaf fans who want to relive some glory days. Yeah, of which there are Sorry. very few. They'll run out. Hey, you see these lights? Notice how they're still on. Go Leafs, go! <laughs> All right. How did you describe that game? Did you call it the Matthews four goal game or the Sens one? I called game? it the Kyle Turris <laughs> overtime winner. The Sens called it five four victory in two thousand seven to kick off the season. You that call you call the game by what happened? And no, you said I'm four speaking goals. to I'm speaking to two Leaf fans here. Okay, oh, yeah. like I'm oh, listen. Yeah. I'm a smart guy. All right, I'm a smart guy. No, um, if we get if we get a game from uh, one of the earlier battles of Ontario, like two thousand one. Um, I want to do the whole show with Jason York because he played. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't want him as a guest. I want him as a co-host. What well, almost makes you wonder with the with – because the, there, there were, what, three or four series between the Leafs and Sens at that point? I think it was four. So why wouldn't you do like what, the, what Sportsnet and TSN have done, which is they reran the Raptors, right? Or they're rerunning the Raptors. They're still doing it. Yeah. Um, I think you should do um, – you should do that. You should absolutely do that. Like you should, you should re- just go those series. Okay, this week it's the 1998-99 series or whatever it was, and then the 2000-2001 series, and then the next year, and and like just run them, them back to back because most of those games, except for the one series where the Leafs swept, most of them were six or seven games long. There were at least two seven-game series, yeah. yeah. And you know what I'd like to see again? What? Um, when when it gets into more like. Um, when we when they start to run like other stuff, other seasons, I'd love to see the Bruins Vancouver Canucks Stanley Cup Final replayed in its thing. entirety without any thing. cuts. Um, but what I'd love to see too is maybe a couple of games. Wasn't it the the Canucks and the Blackhawks the 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 in the Western Conference Final that year? Yeah. No. So that was the first round. The that was the Black, first round. The Blackhawks always kicked the shit out of the Canucks. The 2011 Canucks were this complete powerhouse, this juggernaut. Uh, this is the year they're finally going to beat the Blackhawks. They win game one, they win game two, they win game three. The Blackhawks storm back to win games uh, four, five, and six. And I want to say Dave Boland, and this is part of the legend around him. I want to say Dave Boland missed games one through three. He returned. They went three and zero. Oh. Wow. Uh, and then uh, that, so that series that was three nothing Canucks went to Game Seven overtime, and Alex Burroughs scores the Canucks win the series. They call it the Dragon Slayer goal, but like, it's it's sort of it's a little bit like the the Bruins comeback against the Leafs. It's yeah. the comeback that should have never had to happen. Right. right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's you a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't beat like the Magic Lakers. you beat a shitty leafs team that should have never made the playoffs like you know i I know it's a dragon slayer goal you finally you know you know buried some of your some of your demons but you were up three nothing in that series man you close that out in four you probably win the cup Mm -hmm. yeah they went through 13 defensemen during that run yeah you're you just upset a lot of people you've already upset Ottawa like three times man come on they know they know know. but you know those are the things that like i think now like here's what i'd love to see sportsnet do and i i'm pretty sure because they have the nhl rights they can do this i want to see the 2012 i want to say flyers penguin series 100%. 100%. That was one of the first yeah. ones I suggested. Show me that series all over again. I think James Van Riemsdyk is still a flyer in that. Yep. Uh, uh, like the first time around, isn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, I think he was traded the next summer. Pick in 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I would love, 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 love to see that. Um, and then there's there's some other playoff series. Like, I'd love to see something from the LA Kings run, especially from that first round where the they came one? in as the seventh seed. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. Sorry, the 20, 20 was 2012 it? is the one where they just beat everybody. Yeah. 2014 is the one where they had that crazy series against Chicago that was basically the third round Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Um, that was this, the first year that we that we had the show. Like it was, we started midway through the playoffs, which that is that was our time first. Start. It was our first full season. No, our oh, first, first cup full. was the 2013 one. It was the the Blackhawks beating the who did they beat in 2013? Oh, that was the Bruins. That that yeah. was the 17 seconds one. Right. Yeah, right. It, it wasn't a bad time to start the show. No, it's, it's that's for sure. No, weird, and <laughs> that was another thing that's that's been discussed is, you know, oh, it's cool to go back in time 18 years ago to 2002, but how many people actually care? Like some people are going to find it really cool. Others are going to find it less interesting. So hey, even, even 2012, like, is that too long ago? That's no, eight years not. ago now. The thing is, is know. that if they didn't see it, they didn't see it. And you know what would be fun right. is to go back and go back and show a series from the 80s. Go back and show a series from the 70s. I know there's a, a Leafs Islander series in the late 70s that was vicious, vicious. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think people would really enjoy that. And, and you know what, Steve? It's like, you know, there are people watching because everybody's at home. And I think people would get a real kick out of how different the game is. Um, and, and beyond that, the fact that, um, a sports network network is even creating any sort of content at this point is is great. <laughs> People should be happy with that, and I think there's a lot more leeway. Like a couple of the shows mm-hmm. that I like to watch on HBO are live audience shows, and they've had to switch. One of them one of them just did it and did their jokes and did their thing without an audience, and it sounded weird and awkward. Another one put a laugh track in, but then showed like a fake audience laughing at their jokes. <laughs> it's still weird, but it's better. It sounded better. It's but you know, fun. like they're, they're trying, right? Yeah. They're trying things. And that's what, what, I, what I go back to is like, try it out. Try a Leafs, yeah. try a Leafs uh, Islanders vicious, mean game. Try a Montreal Canadiens game uh, when Guy Lafleur was still a Montreal Canadian. You know what I mean? I've never seen back- Wayne Gretzky play. Like, I'm too young yeah. to see Wayne Gretzky live. Yes. I would just love to see a couple of his greatest hits, you know? A regular shift. I want to see yeah. a Wayne Gretzky yeah. just regular shift. Mid-season in a February. I just yeah. love to see that. Yeah. I never saw Wayne Gretzky play live. That's a, I yeah, that's a, that's a I regret did. of mine. Never saw Gretzky or Lemieux play live. Bobby Orr was obviously way before I was born. I, who's the best player I ever saw live? You ever like seen Before Sid? the current generation. Sorry? You saw Sid, Sid, it'd be right? Crosby. I saw, yeah, I, I saw Sid, but like he's still playing. I'd, oh, I saw the oh. Sackick and Forsberg avalanche. I, didn't see um, that. I always say Forsberg is the best player I ever saw live when I was a kid. I saw Eiserman, but I'm not really old saw enough him to too. remember it. I yeah. saw Grand Fuhrer and Brett Hall. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And Al McInnes, Chris Pronger. Um, the, the, one, the one thing I would say, so there's probably a lot of people uh, – you know, pretty bummed about what the fallout's going to be from all this, especially if you're trying to get into media. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's probably going to be pretty bad. Uh, but just know that, you know, Adam made a great point. There's, there's a lot of people right now doing a really good job at making stuff, uh, doing a really good job at making good stuff. Um, and so many of the people behind the scenes at Sportsnet are young and motivated and they're still trying to get established too um and they're doing an unbelievable uh job of it it's amazing how many people haven't broken stride 
um, while, while adapting to everything. This is the, the Jeff Goldblum speech from Jurassic Park. Life finds a way, you know? Right, right. And the, or the, the old adage that like, when you're under your most pressure, that's when diamonds are created, right? Like that, that's the, yeah. and, and, and that's, that's the thing is that like, it, it's, it is going to force change and it's going to force change across all industries. But I think it's really cool the, the, the way that they've embraced that. And in fact, what I'd love to see Sportsnet do is, you know, do your live streams or whatever, but you guys should do the intermissions as well and break down the plays. Like yeah, have, not? or have the intermission crew to do it from there. Like if you, if they want to run an alternate feed, that's totally cool. And I understand that, but why, why not have Jeff, Brian and Elliot breaking down the game and maybe I'm sure that's in the plans. I'm sure. Yeah. Like plans. that would be so sick. I would love to know what Brian Burke thinks of the 2002 Leafs. I would love to know what Brian Burke would say about the ducks when they won the cup against the senators. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He, and that, uh, he was a GM. the, who was it? The black, uh, no, it was the red wings. Detroit, um, the Ducks had to beat the Red Wings in the conference final that year, and that was a really good series. And I think Chris Pronger got suspended. Like, yeah, I, I oh, want to no go. No way. Chris no Pronger way. got suspended. But well, to get suspended in the playoffs back in then. In 2007, and Chris right. Pronger, right? <laughs> Who you never to, got suspended. You have to try and kill someone to get suspended. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, he did. And, and it, it, on last night's broadcast, it just made me laugh so hard. Uh, right at the beginning of the second period, Travis Green cross checking Zidane Char. Like uh, oh. <laughs> he's been that could have been 2020 January. He's been yeah. playing the you know? forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Like, like oh man! He's been around so long. He threw a still in his 20s. Brian McCabe to the ground. That's yeah, so he's been around. Yeah. I talked to McCabe about that. I asked him about it. Uh, oh yeah, because I always I I go Brian. I've always told people that you won that fight because even though you got thrown around and embarrassed, uh, Chara missed two weeks after that fight because he he picked him up and threw out his back right right <laughs> because and mccabe's like well yeah he picked up like a 250 pound man and threw him like a rag <laughs> <laughs> um what one more thing like i guess just on the the media side of things is uh sort of at the beginning of all this i saw a few people go hey listen if you've never done a podcast before or you've never streamed before don't friggin' start now. Leave it to the professionals. You suck or whatever. And I'm what? like, who I'm said like, that? Who said that? Oh, I just saw a few people on Twitter, and I'm like, Big I'm bags. so, I'm so proud of you that you're so fucking cool. Oh yeah, stupid asshole. If you want to try something new, you go try something new. No, huh? don't try new things. No, don't Stick try to new your things. Lane. Don't, Fuck don't you. like, don't grow or evolve or succeed. Was this a media person who said this? No, it was some Twitter asshole. No, it was, it was some, it was a verified person. I can't remember who it was. No way. And well, there was more than bricks, one. There was man. more that than was one. A, what a stupid thing to say. This no, is not the time, dude. What? This is the time. Here's okay. this is a hundred percent the time. This is the dojo. This is this it. Is the dojo. <laughs> exact. Everyone's you. house is their is their dojo right now. You're this all is, locked is, in your oh own head, God. basically. Yeah. So, so this is how I'm getting through this. And, and you, nobody else in the world has to do this, but this is just what I'm thinking. My whole thought process right now, everything I do, is how do I want to come out of this? How do I want to be when this is over? So I'm planning things I never planned before. I'm organizing things I never organized before. I took a step back from my life. And not only have I got to spend an enormous amount of time with my daughter at a very formative age, which is amazing. Who slept 14 hours last night. Who slept 14 oh. hours last night. Well, she got up at 5 a.m. And Caprice and I were like, mm, let's give her a bottle, put her back down, see what happens. 
and she slept until nine, which was oh, awesome. She went to bed. Asterisk, asterisk. Yeah. So 15 minutes in there, but I, I'm up at 5 a.m. anyway. Um, but the, the, the point I'm trying to make is everything that you do, even if it's nothing, even if you don't want to do anything right now, and that's totally cool too, is going to make you better when this is over. So I'm just, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, you need to work out and you need to plan and you need to do this and you need to fill your life with shit and you don't. Take a step back from the yellow tape a little bit here and just, mm -hmm. and have a look at, think about it. Just all you have to do is think, what do I want to be when this is, when this is all done? How do I want my life to look and how can my life look different? And I know that there's going to be challenges for everybody in every industry. Um, and you got to take that into account. But if you can, it might be an opportunity to ask yourself, what makes me happy? And what, how can I do more of that? Mm -hmm. And if you want to start a podcast, start your damn podcast. Do it. Why not? Wait, I like, think you should wait. listen to the assholes on Twitter who say, don't try anything. See, Jesse's bothered. Jesse's bothered oh, by this. But oh, if, you yeah. look around, if you look around, though, people are ignoring that ad Good. advice or 100%. whatever you would call it. People are ignoring them. Let me ask you, Jesse. Motivated people will always win over Definitely. people who I don't just want, want to push so hard back on that mentality because that's yeah. a shitty person. It's, yeah, it's an <laughs> asshole. It's, oh, you're so cool. Eat shit. There is, a, there is a lot of Twitter clout being chased for the wrong reasons. Yep. Um, you know, people, people, people get mad at like high school in their head. People get mad at, uh, at you know, like I remember when there was a, a Leafs, uh, oh my goodness. And I, I forget the specific story. So you'll have to forgive me for this. But earlier this season, there was a kid who nobody attended his birthday. Do you guys remember that? Oh, um, Yes. Yes, I know what you're talking and about. And there were several the accounts who said, oh, clout chasing, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Man, if your clout chasing is just to get a shout out from the Leafs and a free ticket, good, great, have fun, fill your boots. Yeah. If your clout chasing is to strike down people's ideas and tell them it's not a good time to start whatever their dream is, Man, that, that's the worst kind of clout well, chasing. That's the worst thing that you can do. Oh, do you think this Cade is real? Foster. Cade Foster. Cade right, Foster. right, Cade. And then they oh, honored do you wished think, him a birthday, a happy birthday. It was amazing. Do you think this is real? I'm like, who cares? Like, who? It's it nice. Matter? It's nice. And this kid's getting a cake. And some people are like, well, oh, that's cute. And look, I helped. You know, whatever, man. Fuck. So, so here's the thing. That I love that about the internet. Because the first thing, because everybody's so fucking cynical now, is, is the first thing everybody asks is, is this real? Could this be real? Is this fake? Could this be fake? So I was in the bank yesterday. And I had to... Um, I had to do some wire transfers for something. And I waited in line for an hour because the bank opens at 11. And you uh, have then, well back. Well, mm -hmm. that and the fact that the first hour is for seniors. Fair. So right. once I found that out, I went back. I was like, oh, okay. Because I was there at 1030. And then they showed up at about 1045. And they said, okay, so the first hour is going to be for seniors. So I said, okay, I'll go home. It's within walking distance of my house. So I, I went back home. I showed up for 1130. And... Uh, the lineup was right around the corner. It was long, but, but also people were distanced and whatever. So it's no, no big deal. And obviously there's some pissed off people in line because they felt like, well, there are not enough signs about this. And I waited in line while the seniors got in and like, you know, people being shitty. Hey, message to those people. You're not doing anything. Exactly. You don't have anywhere to be. Doing. Go stand exactly. in line. Who cares? Yeah. And that's how I felt. I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to my history of Napoleon podcast and I'm going to be happy. And I was, it was great. And yeah. how about when you go back home, turn on your fucking TV and you'd know that the first hour anywhere is for seniors. Like where, where have you been? Where have you been? So 
So, I know the answer's home. So what have you been doing? <laughs> and and I, I hesitate to say this because given what's going on in the world right now, I think it's awfully, I know, yeah, okay. I found the experience going to the bank stressful. Now, oh, okay. I, I hesitate to say that because there are so many people working extremely stressful jobs right now and I get to sit at home on my ass on a microphone. So I, right. so it's like, oh, you had to leave to go to the bank. Sorry, like, no, but it's but stressful. Things, it's stressful for the same reason. No one wants to be around anyone right now, right? Because or of the they, risk involved with being around anybody. And there's a lot of people who are grumpy about it too, mm -hmm. right? That are really not. Now there's a lot of people. You know what? I would say 99.9% .9 of people have been amazing about it. They're really great. Mm -hmm. um, like if you step, I remember there was a there was a lady the other day. I was walking on the sidewalk. And, uh, and I stepped off the sidewalk and her and her daughter were walking together. She's an elderly woman or her, her daughter's a little bit older and they waved and said, thank you and whatever. And, and it was like, it's not, not, I'm not saying that because I'm some big hero for walking on the street, but it was like, there was really, it was sort of nice of them to even acknowledge it. Like that was nice. Jesse, is Adam a great guy? Adam <laughs> is a hero in our society. <laughs> what what I want to tell you about the bank though, <laughs> is I get in there and this is, this goes back to how cynical people can be. I get in there and there's all types, right? There's all types there for all different reasons. There's the person who's there who's asking them to check two and three bank accounts just to find 10 bucks, which you feel really, really sorry about, right? It's tough. Well, and really oh, tough stay to home and do online banking. They clearly don't know how. They don't, they, well, or they, they don't have, they don't, or have they don't have the means or whatever. They don't have internet. Yeah. 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 So, and I couldn't stay home. I had to go to the bank for this. Believe me, I would have rather stay home. Yeah. Because um, there was somebody else who was in the business section who, cause there's that business line. Mm -hmm. She, yep. she is an elderly woman, but still runs a business. And she had to sit, they had to get her a chair because she'd been standing for so long. And so there's that going on. And then there's this fucking guy. Here it's we always go. some friggin' guy. <laughs> no. Tell me about Here friggin' guy. Go. I don't even know if he's a friggin' guy. I think he's a fucking guy. Okay. <sighs> so this guy, this guy's gotta be early fifties. Okay. And he's talking to the bank teller. And shout out the bank tellers at, uh, on Parliament Street, on TD and Parliament Street. Because oh. they are amazing. They were yeah. kind. They were social. They, you know, they had to do a little screen test for you going in. Like, hey, you know, have you been around anybody with symptoms? Have you traveled in 14 days? Whatever. And they were so, they were so, so polite. And people were not being polite back. So I want to say I really respected their patience because it's not easy. If, if you are working anything anywhere right now, kudos to you. If you are working anything anywhere in a downtown area. Setting. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, where oh, you yeah. have to talk to people. Like you do some sort of customer business. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dealing with the general public on a good day is difficult. Yeah. It's tough. Everybody walks in with different priorities. And especially when it comes to money, right? Yeah, Money's there's... a very triggering <laughs> subject for people. So working at a bank could be, I, I would imagine, pretty highly stressful. But- Regardless, so I walk in and this guy, and I'm, I'm doing my transfers or whatever, and this guy, TFG. This, guy, this guy is done whatever banking he needed to do. But this guy has decided that the teller would love to know who's really in control of all the banks in the world. Oh, no. Because <laughs> this guy, this guy, this fucking guy knows. Oh. TFG. Not everybody knows, but this fucking guy who waited in line at the bank. With his fucking InfoWars sticker on his truck. <laughs> this By guy the way, knows. the title is going to be TFG. Yeah, TFG. TFG. 100%. TFG. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> this guy 
knows. He knows who's in control of the banks. And thank he goodness. Knows. Thank goodness he knows. Tell and us. And I'm glad he knows. And you know what? It's funny. If I had that kind of knowledge, you would think that I would be able to use that to profit. <laughs> but not this guy. No. no, he's too good for that. He just knows and does nothing with it. So this guy, this guy knows because of YouTube probably and Reddit. And, and, and Alex Jones. Fucking YouTube. Yep. And I, I heard him <laughs> say the name. Piece of- I heard him say the name Rothschild. Oh, oh yeah. Big uh, player. which is stupid. And then he said another family and I forget what it was. And he said, you know, he's like, they may not be the owners of these banks, but they own all the shares in these banks. And I can only imagine what our YouTube comment section is going to be like after I tell this story. But this fucking guy is like, I know. Oh no. I bet it'll be something we've never seen before. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh Oh yeah. Uh Oh guys. And and Uh and the teller, the teller was like, God bless this teller. Cause he's sitting there going, yeah. Uh Uh You know, that's crazy. And I heard, I counted four that's crazies. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> and the guy didn't get it. That's a wild amount of that's crazies. That's a lot of, you're, you're dismissed after, wrap the story up after one that's crazy. Yep. Wrap it up. Oh. Wrap it. At four, you're just completely blind to what anybody has to tell you. So this guy's just telling, oh. telling the bank guy. And then, and he's like, anyway, he's like, so he wraps up the conversation. He's like, you know what? He's like, we can put up with this for a while, but this is a police state. And we need to recognize that. And there's going to be a revolution. What? And this guy is just a normal guy. <laughs> He's like a normal guy. He, and he wasn't like, you know, you'd think that there'd be like, you know, he would, there would be some sort of tell. I don't know if people, I think we've been conditioned through the movies that like the bad guys always looking like this, you know? So you think. They, they got like a scar. Like yeah, in the, in yeah. The movie. Totally. No. This guy's just a normal dad. And I was like, oh, that yeah. is somebody's dad. That's somebody's dad, that's somebody's husband, or maybe formerly. And that guy, that guy is going to go home and his family who are stuck with him in that house are going to have to listen to that shit. Can you imagine? Oh, this just, guy stays, he, I lost some sleep last night because I was, I was deep in the internet. I was, oh, thank God uh, YouTube exists because the real truth is out there. <laughs> oh my God. Like, holy. The real truth is out there on, on YouTube. You know? And the teller did not crack. God bless him. So shout out that teller. Wow. Uh, and actually, in fact, that's my shout out today. It's to everybody who is working at a bank because stressful because it's people's money. Number two, stressful because you're, they've got the shields up, but still. And number three, just the fact that you have to listen to conversations like that. I'm sure that shit happens all the time. Uh, I'm sure it happens all the time. Quick uh, PSA about money, by the way. So there's been this viral post going around hockey Twitter because I guess uh, someone um, who's you know, a prominent hockey fan is a bank teller. And they posted this picture of these all these bills with little burn marks in them because and this is in Canada, this is Canadian money, because they tried to disinfect their money by microwaving it. Uh, what? So I guess it set fire to the money because there's like some sort microwaving of microwaving doesn't disinfect anything, by the way. People know yeah. that, right? You put yeah, your sponge well, in the microwave, you see it, the con- condensation come out, but that doesn't disinfect it. But yeah, here's the condensation coming out as germs. Here's the great thing, though, about Canadian money. And they showed this on the news. It was Richard Southern with uh, 680. Canadian bills, you can literally wash in the sink. Yeah. It's yeah. Plastic. You can put, yeah. You can put Our money's made of plastic. water and soap and clean it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're that, if you're not that the client. microwave. We've tried it. We've done it. It's we've washed our money. Literally money laundering. That was the headline of the story. But yeah, don't microwave your cash. 
Um, I remember when I was in Calgary. This is week our, three, our, and we're telling people that. I know. I know. <laughs> we're not even we, a in, and people are microwaving money. When we do a, a a retrospective of this era, like imagine, okay, seven years from now, we're gonna be yeah. in a studio somewhere, and we're gonna be like, we're gonna be like, guys, remember the pandemic. Remember, remember what we the, the topics we discussed? And microwaving like, money. Yeah, yeah, let's do a little rewind, and it's microwaving money. Um, but uh, I remember when I was in Calgary, our competitor station had a contest where they either gave away five thousand dollars that morning or they lit it on fire. And so they, <laughs> so you can imagine that's that illegal. Keep, it is illegal. Very. <laughs> you can imagine that there were people like you know from charities who were like, we could use that. <laughs> So they had this live video, and I forget how they would have posted it, but they they tried to no. actually physically light it on fire, and they can't. Yeah, they can't because oh, it's, it's Canada. not flammable. Yeah. So so they you tried to raise money. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't I don't know if they knew that going in, um, and I thought I actually thought the the idea was funny because it got a lot of attention, like it made it into the newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it, I mean, it was it definitely soiled their brand. But it was there was definitely something there that maybe they could have turned that around and had a big victory for the station. Uh, but the video was kind of funny because they're just trying to light it on fire and it won't. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good times. Um, so yeah, try new things, kids. I guess so. That's what yeah, we're absolutely try new things. So here's the oh, thing: yeah. the president uh, had a um, a call with um, all of the major leagues. I believe it was yesterday. The president. Now, of the uh, United States of America. And all 50 states? All 50, no, just, just I think, the four leagues. Um, <laughs> not all, yeah, but he is the, oh, sorry, he is the president of those two. Um, oh, 13 league commissioners. So we have. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know it was that many. I didn't either. Yeah, the dodgeball league is really coming up. Uh, <laughs> Gary Bettman, uh, National Hockey League. Kathy Engelbert, uh, Commissioner Women's, uh, sorry, WNBA. Uh, Don Garber, Major, uh, Major League Soccer, Roger Goodell, National Football League, Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball, Vince McMahon, WWE. Of course. Um, Jay Monahan. <laughs> By the way, the WWE didn't, wasn't WrestleMania last night? No, next uh, weekend. Oh, it's next weekend. Okay. Yeah, Saturday. Oh, I thought last night was night one. Oh, is it this weekend? I, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> I, <must have> <laughs> yeah, I was like, we should do nights, a breakdown. Right? I don't even know who the characters are anymore. I, I was, uh, right I, was I, I keep an eye on the viewership numbers for the stream and you know i kept going ah you know i wish there were more people and my wife goes well you know wrestlemania so Mm. (laughs) um tonight uh, at uh seven there you go half i missed night one damn it uh dana white ufc adam silver nba roger penske indycar michael one uh commissioner of the lpga um and it's it's, they put vince mcmahon in there twice both of the wwe so that's 12 And, and drew fleming of the breeders cup so um Mercies. that is actually yeah oh i was thank you thank you for that yes Breeders i'm like horse. curling uh, horses horses <laughs> definitely horses <laughs> uh well so, and the best comment on that is vince mcmahon was so keen to have the wwe involved that he dialed them twice um anyway sorry i uh uh the the thing was is that oh like literally God. afterwards the, the funny part about this is they wanted to According to the NFL's Ian Rappaport, the plan was to discuss charitable contributions and how the leagues will help those dealing with uh, coronavirus. California government, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom told reporters that he doesn't anticipate sports being played with fans in the stands, 
uh, by September in his state, contrary to Trump's wow. reported comments. So, you know, there's an opportunity. Like, I think there's for sure going to be sports games before there are fans in the stadiums, right? And I think it could be a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Like, until there is a, a vaccine, I don't know how you responsibly put fans in there. I just don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you're well, in, Adam. If you're, Adam, what if you just have, you know, a hunch? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not what about, about that? that. You don't follow that? I'm not getting into that. But uh, what I will say mm-hmm. is, um, if you're in public health, like, how do you recommend anything else? And I don't know the answer to that. Maybe there's someone in public health who listens to this show who could say, well, actually, here's how you do it. And here's how you... But, you know, we all know that the isolation right now is to flatten the curve, right? Mm-hmm. We know that once we are slowly allowed back out and into normal life and it will happen in stages yeah it seems to be working here it seems to be working here it seems, seems to be working, working in california um, um we know that there will still be risk to certain people we know that um nursing homes like there's one right i believe in bracebridge right now that's had uh, an outbreak and bob it's been, cajun bob cajun uh, and it's been tragic um we know that that stuff unfortunately is going to continue to happen so my question is, yes, you're allowed to, you know, you can use public parks again, you can use things again. You know, I think that access to seniors home is going, senior homes, seniors homes are going to be severely restricted for, for at least a couple of years until they get this thing under control. Next, next week is my grandfather's 95th birthday. And Dude. Gonna, wow. Really? Happy yeah. birthday to him. Happy birthday. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And we're going to have a zoom call with him. Great. And he's going to have no idea what the hell is going on, but you know, <laughs> but at, at least we'll, we'll get to see him. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, so, and that's, that I think Ted. is going to, it's, it's the unfortunate part because it's those people that need social contact the most who are going to have to be isolated. Yeah. And yeah. by September, it still probably will be irresponsible of any government or business to put 20,000 people in one place at a time. And right. the, the NFL's case, 50,000 people. Like right. it still yeah. probably won't be a good thing to allow that number of people into one building. Right. So I so, don't see how it comes back. This is I going see, to affect us. Like, even if this is solved, like by Halloween, let's say it's going to affect us for like two years. Yeah. Like yeah. just playing yeah. catch up as a society. Yeah. Totally. Like in ter- like the school year, the, the sports leagues, everything. Yep. So what I think is going to happen here is these leagues are going to play. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's going to be anyone in the stadium. Um, they uh they were experimenting with it with the uh chinese basketball league and they had to call it off because they had a mini bit of a re-outbreak within it and they're worried about the um it's one the testing kits because you have to test every single player every single time they go into or onto the court or onto the ice or whatever so you have to test them all the time and they can't take away that many testing kits at a time from society no 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 that's that's the first (laughs) that's the first problem with isolated games because you still have to be testing these people and the second one is they tried other methods of testing like uh it was temperature based so if your temperature reaches a certain height um then you can't go out onto the field of play and then that was still, they couldn't get to a percent where it was accurate enough to allow it. So there's well, still and what complications. And symptomatic. Exactly. So there's still like, complications doing isolated games. Yeah, yeah guys, like I, I, as someone who works in sports and depends on sports for a living, we can go without this for a little bit, guys. Yeah. I go I, without I, this. Like, I'll tell you though, I do think it'll be back by September. I really do. I just don't think anybody will be allowed in the stadium. And I think, I think the reason for that is at that point, you're probably you're probably past in a lot of cases and i hope this is the case 
the modeling has shown from what I've seen that they'll be past the big, the big scary mountain thick part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big Hopefully. whoosh. And so it will be manageable. It doesn't make it fun. It doesn't make it safe, but it's manageable for the hospital system, which is the key. So if you can get it to that point and you have testing kits that are then being produced at a number, which would be far higher than they are today because there's a lot of um, factories and things being mobilized to do so. That's a key in this whole thing. Right. Yeah. If you get the production levels up to a point where everybody actually can get a test Mm -hmm. and they can test them more than once, then you could conceivably play. And you could bet that these leagues with all this money on the line and these billionaires going, oh, I'm losing money. Billionaires don't like losing money. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, I would almost guarantee that they will do everything they can to find that. Now, you say, well, like, and again, a lot of people don't want to have the, have the conversation or even talk about it right now. I think it's a conversation worth having. What are the conditions under which this is acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it has to be what Jesse, what Jesse just said there is such an a, a, such a important point. If you are taking tests, tests away from society at large. General population. Because there aren't enough tests, and there are not enough tests yet, then, and like Ontario's had to clear a backlog and we're still, our testing is low. Um, you know, the states don't have enough. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you got to make sure that there's a test for multiple tests for everyone. And then you can go forward with this. You got to make sure there's enough ventilators for everyone. And then you can go forward with this. Uh, you got to make sure that you've got the manufacturing power to sustain this. You know, the same way that you can sustain a player breaking two or three sticks a game, you need that for ventilators and tests and things, things like that. Yeah. You need it to get to that level. Once they're at that level, though, I could see, I could see it uh, where it's possible to play those games. Even um, ventilators feels like a step far too gone. Like, we, you can't return to sports arenas until... It's, it's not just we have the infrastructure to handle people getting sick. It's mm-hmm. got to be at a point where people are no longer getting sick from this because we've prevented it. Well, I don't, I don't you know think that I mean? that's going to be the case, Steve. Yeah, the, I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think that'll be the case. And I, was I think it, it's no? going to be a... Yeah, on Friday, the Canadian government said it's going to be a two-year issue. Yeah. They, oh, that was their prediction. Yeah. 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 Now, that doesn't mean... Wow. That doesn't mean isolation for two years because you can't... Yes. The economies can't function that long like this. Um, and people will, you, you're talking about in the States alone, 30 or 40 million people out of work. That's just not sustainable. Like all at um, once. Yeah. All at once. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they already are. It's like no, right now. Uh, so you, that's not a sustainable thing. So what do you do? And I think what it is, is that had we been more prepared, you look at the way the South Koreans handled it. They're a great example. Um, they had enough tests, they tested everybody and they haven't had to go into social isolation. They haven't had the lockdown measures that Italy had. Uh, I think Iran had some pretty intense measures that New York is going through right now. They don't have the, you know, the influx of new cases every single day that New York's going through. You know, that's the, that's the key, right? It's, it's having the, there are, there are things that make their way through society all the time. You know, the H1N1s and the, and the viruses and all that. It's none of them ever overwhelm the hospital systems around the world all at once. That's the problem. And obviously people dying at the rate they're dying. But is it a hoax? (laughs) Well, it was was a liberal hoax a couple weeks ago. But don't get into that. Let's not go there. Adam, we got to ask the question. (laughs) We got to ask the question. We we read out an 
there was an Instagram post from Evangeline Lilly, who you would know from Lost, and uh, she's in the Marvel movies and stuff like that. And she she said she, you know, our first week in isolation, we were talking about this on, on Virgin Radio, and um, she was, what did she say? She dropped, she said, she took a picture of like a teacup that she was drinking out of, and she's like, just having my morning tea, dropped my kids at, uh, uh, at uh, gymnastics camp or something. And, you know, like it's every, every election year, there's something. And, <laughs> and I was like, what? And, and, and she said, and, and, you know, I'm not going to let my personal freedoms get locked down by a government or whatever it was. And funny thing is, I'm pretty sure she's Canadian. So it was sort of odd to me. But beyond that, she came out and apologized for it later. But it just goes to show. No, fuck you, Evangeline. You meant that shit. Fuck you. you don't apologize for it. I don't accept it. You meant that shit. Well, yeah. Do yourself next time, asshole. People do. I don't care if you still think it. I know you still think it because you're a dumb fuck. But keep it to yourself next time. Yes, Adam? <laughs> well, isn't it interesting that Deadline, I think, was reporting. Deadline's like the insider on a lot of movies. Deadline was reporting that her role was going to be really reduced in the new Marvel movies because they were so worried about her public perception after that one Instagram Good. post. Um, um, um. Enjoy that shit sandwich, dummy. <laughs> um, um, um. Eat up. Eat up, bud. Eat up. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. So uh, the NFL draft, though, and this is going to be really, really cool. Here's what I think we ought to do. We got to take any sports that's offered to us. We probably should have watched WrestleMania this weekend, but we didn't, so whatever. Um, I didn't. Think I was, still got a chance sports. tonight. Oh, yeah, still got the chance tonight. Although, it's, yeah. isn't it pay-per-view? Pay-per-view, right? I don't yeah. know if I have that channel. Yeah. No, if you have uh, WWE Network. Um, Which is a Sportsnet product, I believe, in Canada. Isn't it? With your friend know. Carolyn Schved. Ah, yes, correct. I, I, you could probably go back and watch yesterday's, I would assume. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably. So I'm sure there's lots of people ordering it today. But here's mm-hmm. what I think we should do. Because I believe the NHL is going to follow this. The NFL draft is at the end of the month. And we should do the... Ign- the ignorant guy's guide to the NFL draft. Oh, uh, guys should... who have no idea who's getting drafted. Yes. Right. So here's yeah. what I'm thinking. We take the next few weeks and we start to talk about the prospects involved as though we're experts, which is what most people on Twitter are doing anyway. And uh-huh. then we, and we, and we handle it like we would the NHL draft. Now the, the NHL draft will probably happen by phone. The NFL draft absolutely is going to happen by phone, but I still think it'll be kind of neat. And I bet they're going to, they're, you know, the NFL, well, they're going to have a broadcast. It's probably going to be on Zoom, and they're probably going to Zoom in each player as they're drafted. And I can't wait for each guy. You know, they, with the NFL draft, it's always like they're having a look at – there's always like the guy with his family, like behind the scenes, and then they see the sadness when he doesn't get drafted in the position he thought he was going to get drafted in. It'll be fun to have that over Zoom, I think. Um, I, I, think, I, think we need to, I think we need to cover the NFL draft and then cover the NBA draft, cover the NHL yeah. draft. It's going to be wicked. Why not? we got to okay, take so any sports we can get. This is very important right now, all right? Adam, I know you're a big football fan. You're a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Jesse, I know you like I'm a big football? fantasy guy. You're a fantasy guy. I like guy. players more than Do you have a team? Teams. You don't have a team? No, not anymore, no. no. He just puts a picture of himself up, and he's like, that's my fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a big Rams fan, but then they moved to L.A., and I was like, this isn't yeah. fair. My team was in St. Louis. Right. So I so, gave up on them. Who's my team? Based on what you know about me, who's my team? Uh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. They are okay. the... Oh, wow. Blue and white <laughs> never win. I get it. I get it. There you I go. get it. Or the Cleveland Browns, you know. I think more Cleveland Shitty Browns. colors never win. I think Just... more Cleveland Browns because, like, Detroit, not, Detroit, not that Detroit doesn't have hardcore fans. They do. But Cleveland, 
Detroit just loses and it's apathetic. But Detroit Cleveland has at least a history, sad. you know? Yeah. It, if you were orange yeah, and Cleveland brown is at the same sad. time, I feel like you, you deserve to lose. What? If you wear orange and brown at the same time, I feel like you just deserve to lose. <laughs> nothing about that uniform, nothing about that color scheme screams victory. The, right. the best diss I ever heard, uh, there was a, I was at a bar once in Calgary and I probably was like 23, 24 years old. And we were with a friend of ours and she was an enormous NFL fan, just like Jesse, total fantasy nut. And I don't understand fantasy football. Every fantasy football thing I've ever joined in, I've lost enormously because i just i just don't have the um, attention span and anyway so she she some guy had hit on her and she comes back to our table and she's just shaking her head and we said did it go poorly and she's like well he was nice enough but i don't know he's like the like the cleveland browns great jersey terrible helmet <laughs> wow i was like wow amazing wow okay <laughs> nice wow nice wow Good. It was a good burn. She was. Uh, yeah. She had a really good sense of humor. Anyway, Damn. the Damn. the point the point is, I think you're a Cleveland or Detroit. Although I would like, you know what? Let's leave it in the uh, the comments section. I want to know what NFL fans think. What Steve cannot cheer for the Patriots. Cannot. No. Even without Tom Brady, he's not allowed to cheer for the Patriots. No. Not because. Uh, Pete Blackburn wouldn't want you cheering for the Patriots, but they win too much, and you're not allowed. You well, have to no, have and I never. I don't want them to win. <laughs> I don't. I I cheered against the Patriots in the way that a lot of Americans cheered for the Raptors to beat Golden State. Right. Golden yeah. State always wins. Like the, the, yeah. I'm gonna. Who's playing them? Toronto. Okay, I cheer for Toronto now. There you go. Like that's that's me every Super Bowl except for but this past one. There's an enormous amount of literature on these players anyway, so I think it would be kind of fun to kind of go through. Do a little bit of draft coverage for the for the NFL. We got to take any sports we can get at this point, and I'm I'm desperate enough to try, uh, not because I don't love the NFL draft; it's amazing, mm-hmm. but because I don't pretend to be even close to an expert on it. And, Adam, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Do you trust that Steve will do any research for this? Because oh. we have a long history of Steve not doing research for the podcast. I am not <laughs> doing that. Okay, <laughs> you're not. You're not going to read oh, anything. I'll participate in the draft, but like, I'm not learning. We should do. You know, what we could do. Someone on Twitter told that. me to not try anything new. All right, we it's could, true. Oh man, you should listen. <laughs> this is the time not to try anything. Yeah, from deeply <laughs> successful person I've never fucking heard of. Anyway, so. Yeah. Well, they're verified, man. Blue check yeah. mark. Well, That's you know, millionaire. That's what it means. Um, Always the uh, look, ar- look around. Did you know if you Google <laughs> Adams Wild's name, Steve? What? Did you know this? If you Google Adams' name, his net worth comes up as something like what is it? Five million dollars? Eighty-six million. Eighty-six. Oh well. Eighty. I don't know why. Dollars. Wow. I, I could tell you, it's it's not even not even a half of an of a percentage of that, but Hey, <laughs> money laundering in Barbados. Is that, is that the name of, uh, is um, that the name of the, uh, no, no, I would be smarter about it. Barbados. You can't mon- launder money. in, so I would be, a oh, you guy. would know. It's not like <laughs> Carol Baskins. Yeah, checked into it. Checked you know, into it. I don't know how to kill a, kill a man. You know, you just use sardine oil. You know, you know I, yeah. I suppose what we would use is, uh, goddamn <laughs> Carol Baskin. Adam talking about, Hey, that's not a good way to launder money. You know what I would use? <laughs> We had uh, a listener who was very upset after our last episode. Uh, I can't imagine. And she was very upset that w- with our Tiger King coverage, we did not talk about 
their wedding photos. Carol Baskin oh, and her husband. And she's and we, right. And she's, she's right. right. She's so right. What the hell were we thinking? I'm so sorry. And that was a classic. Uh, you know, Adam wins 99 out of 100 battles. But that, that was the one he lost where he goes, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I take him down too many paths, and he's usually able to rein me in. You forgot that one. You left so that we, little straggler. So we did mention it, though. We, we were mentioned it, get which, to is it. The, which is worse. It would have been better if we didn't mention it at all. So ah. we mentioned it. And can I just, can I just ask? Practice. I don't care who wears the leash. Guy, girl, 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 guy, guy, whatever your pronouns are. At what point in your relationship with somebody do they broach the subject of you wearing a leash and a, and a leopard print outfit? Fred and, Flintstone outfit. And, yes, and think there's a probable – because if they're going to ask you, they probably are assuming – it's kind of like asking for marriage. It's like I assume they're going to say yes. There's a, a good probability they're going to say yes to this. At what point in the relationship, how many months in, how many days and how many weeks in – do you think before she was saying, hey, this uh, leash looks awful good on you? Oh, oh God. Like, uh, how long did it take Carol Baskin? No. What's his name? I forget his name. Who how Jeff? long did it take? Jeff. No, no. What's They're all the, Jeff. Her, her husband's name? Jim. Yeah. I, think, I, I don't know. Which is the one who got eaten, maybe, and <laughs> the guy who's alive. Who Then they look the exact same. I don't know. Uh, Don Lewis was her her millionaire husband. Right. The guy who's missing. Uh, who's she married to now? Uh, Howard. 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 Howie. Howard Baskin. So they're sitting on the couch in their, in their cat house because there's cats everywhere. You, might, you even saw the chairs had cats on them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When they were watching themselves on YouTube. There wasn't a thing in there without cats on it. Right. Yes. Right. So they're it's watching literally movies. if anyone's seen the show I think you should leave it's like the Garfield house except not in a sketch comedy show <laughs> good good reference. reference deep All reference Garfield. good reference but uh but they're watching their own YouTube videos and she says to him you know oh no or or does she or does oh, she no. yell from the bathroom and say here kitty kitty to Howard oh crawl in and then she puts the leash on him and it happens organically Mm-mm. Or is that, is it, you think she broached There's a that, photo. So they had to call in a photographer. Oh. She one day had a box sitting on his desk and she said, Howard, honey, kitty cat, I got you a present. And he opens it up and it's a long leash with a nice studded collar. And she says, that's for you, honey. And I hired a photographer and he's coming on Saturday. And Howard <laughs> says, yes, ma'am. No, she was standing. And- <laughs> she was standing on the on the, the breach of the kitchen, just holding up a little sardine like this. <laughs> and in her other hand, she's holding the leash, and she just goes, here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> and he came over, and, and then you got a wedding photo shoot. There you go. She says, I got an extra drum of oil in the back if you want me to use it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> be, it'd be a shame if you woke up covered in sardine oil. It's, yeah, yeah, that's what the... They're just okay. Okay, fine. I'll take out the trash again. Hey, you see, you smell uh, fish in here. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got it. I got it. He doesn't even put his shoes on. Just <laughs> runs up and grabs it from her. No, no, no. I got, I got it, honey. You, you sit down. You had a tough day. Yeah, yeah. That could be bad. But yeah, no. We, 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 we let you down, and I'm really, really sorry about that. So, um, the next thing I wanted to talk about 
is ha it has to do with a couple of, a couple of cool shout outs. Uh, the first thing it goes to the senators. Now I question anything Eugene Melnick does, but I also believe even when questionable people do good things, you still have to say, all right, they're questionable and maybe their motives are too, but still we'll shout it out. Uh, the Sens are offering their medical facilities to the Ontario government for COVID-19. A club awesome. spokesperson said Friday, the Senator's owner, Eugene Melnick, approached the province earlier this week and is awaiting a reply. So this is why this got out. Because obviously they made, they, they, they made the request and then they said, but we're still waiting for an, a reply. And, you know, you can understand how maybe the government might be busy with some things right now. Uh, but yeah. the offer comes with the potential use of 17 un, unleased private suites inside Ottawa's rink. So that means there are 17 unleased private uh, suites. For, for use? I don't, I, I would assume that, so the ones that are leased, I'm assuming they're not going to use. But I would assume that they'd be used for like rooms for, for either people to sleep over or people to triage, oh, like guess. put somebody in there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, That's a, any, I mean, they're trying. Yeah. yeah. I, they're listen, trying. Anything. Exactly. Anything. Now, I'm still, yeah. I still question even how this got out. Like, why did the senators feel like they needed to release this information? Hmm. But I feel like Eugene Malik's trying to get a publicity win. And hey, if his publicity win benefits the public, perfect. Who cares? Yeah, Good. that's a that's a. So I I shouted out a beer company recently because they converted their distillery to make uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah, and someone was like, "Well, I mean, that's just them being smart business people. I mean, people aren't buying as much water." And I'm like, "I don't fucking care. Right? I don't care. Like, it's okay. At the end Take of the, the day, hand sanitizer, man." Yeah, like, who cares? And it, and it's for people. Uh, it's for um, like health professionals, frontline workers in Durham. I don't. I don't give a shit what their motives are. Mm -hmm. I assume yeah. they were good. You assume they're bad. Either way, they get the hand sanitizer. Yeah. Well, along those lines, the worst thing going on on Twitter right now I know is the people going. who whip out their calculators when a billionaire oh. donates money. Yep. They're like, oh, Jeff Bezos donated $100 million this morning. Like, That's like a quarter. That's like if I donated 25 cents. You know yeah, it's $100 million. Comrade Steve agrees with those people. That's stupid. Tell me why you agree with that. It, okay. How, how, how much did you donate, Steve? I Not $100 million. Have you donated how? anything? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a press release every time I do it. <laughs> okay. Like, no, no, okay. <laughs> do, okay. Two things can be true. Donating $100 million fucking rules. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. Amazon should pay tax. Not the same. Those things aren't related. They are not related. Both are true. Yeah, Unrelated. both are you true. To, but you don't have to. That doesn't mean... Just because the American government is set up right now to not have corporations like that pay tax because that's what it is. It's their tax code. That's preventing, that's preventing this yeah. just because they have a tax code set up like that. And I agree with you hundred percent. Amazon should be paying tax. So should Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's like, I should be paying tax, but I'm not. So um, should the church of Scientology. No, totally. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes. Those things aren't uh, a private individual donating a hundred million dollars has nothing to do with the taxing of a public company. And you know oh, what I would say? Okay. If the Church of Scientology gave $100 million to a local hospital, I'd say good on you, as long as it didn't come with any strings. 
It's a weird time. I mean, people are going up. Oh, fuck. I, I you're kind not. Of, you're, I kind of like the things Doug Ford is saying. You got well, of course. <laughs> weird, it's a weird and time. That doesn't mean you'd ever vote for him. That doesn't mean you yeah, you support his ever. policy. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of the policies that our government has instituted recently in Ontario. I do think he's done a good job. He's talking like an adult. And yeah. and so with do you know do you know on, with this yeah, with this sort of argument, Steve, and this is what's important. Mm. A hundred million bucks is a hundred million bucks in a pandemic. Yeah. And at, at a certain point, and I know there's gonna be a lot of people that disagree with me on this. I don't care. Um, you have to just say, listen, um, I might not like this person. I might not like their policies. I might not like the way they run their business, but in some small way, and it doesn't matter how small you make it in your, in your argument, in your 280 character tweet, they still did something. And what I would say is we all can contrib contribute in different ways. We don't have enormous amounts of money to donate to the public good. Jeff Bezos does. The best thing we can do is stay home. The best thing Jeff Bezos can do is stay home and donate. He probably could donate more, much more, and he probably will. But the idea that you should diminish somebody just because they didn't give as much as you think they could or should is a ridiculous one. He Can gave a hundred million dollars and I know he's the richest man on, on the planet, but a hundred yeah. million bucks is a hundred. Also, he's bucks. not the richest man on the planet or he's third. That's I don't know. No, no. Even, even if he, even if he was well, that number is based on like stocks. Yeah. Like that's not, you don't know how much cash this individual has to just throw away and give mm. to a government. Yeah. Like that's I not, just, these are the, you, you're sitting there on your phone. Like you don't know what's happening. All you saw was a man donated a hundred million dollars and you decided to turn that into a negative thing. When you, if you gave a hundred bucks to a charity and you made a million or you, you made a million bucks a year, just say you did that. You gave a hundred bucks to one particular charity. Would it mean any less to that charity if you were worth a million bucks? Does that hundred dollars all of a sudden mean less to that charity? It might be a small thing for you, but it's a big thing for them. That's the point of giving. Right. That's what right. giving is. I feel like Jeff Bezos is a little bit different for the most part. Like I've seen like a lot of athletes make donations and everyone's like, that's, this is, this is the amount of money this athlete's made in his career. And I'm like, all right, fuck off. Like you, come on. Yeah. It's a hundred, it's a hundred G's. Well, this guy donated 500 G's. Well, fucking good for them. Right. That was their choice. Maybe that person can do that. Yeah. It's wonderful <laughs> that they did that. I just no, but then it's a more, for Bezos, it's a more complicated well, because, conversation because about the there tax are code issues. and all that shit. There are yes. issues with the way Amazon is run. There's mm -hmm. issues with the way the manufacturing's run. There's issues with the way that they, they ship things. I get all that. But that doesn't, one does not mean the other, right? Right. And that's, that's the thing. And people make that connection where there is none. And it's sort of like, like 100 million bucks is still 100 million bucks. Take it. And yes, we need to solve all the issues. Amazon paying a living wage being key among them. Yeah. That's yeah, the there's... most important thing. That needs to happen. But right now, pandemic sort of take center stage yeah. and I'll take the money. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, yeah. and tell me this, when you tweet something like that, what good have you done? Well, what does that, for, how does that further the conversation? Everyone know you're great. <laughs> I just don't know how it furthers the conversation. Also, yeah. how does it make next, anything next better? tweet is next tweet is don't try anything different. That's what that tweet is. <laughs> don't, try yeah. don't even, you know what? You should have stayed home, Jeff. Don't donate the money. Right. Donate nothing. Like, come on, that I'm not person, licking the guy's boots, but I, I also yeah. think like it's still a hundred million bucks, man. Yeah. That person sat there, they saw the headline, they said, oh, a hundred million dollars. And then they go to Google, how much is he, what's his net worth? 
I'm going to pull out my calculator. Oh, that's a percentage of this. I'm going to tweet this. You should give mm-hmm. more. No, how about that's a different yeah. issue if you have problems with the individual. Go attack those things, not yep. the $100 million that he donated. Don't attack that part. If, I'll put it this way. If Trump donated $100 million bucks from Trump Enterprises, which he has not done, I would say, great. Yeah. Do a better job. But yeah, still great. Don't hold your breath. Yeah, he won't. Of course he won't. Come on. But yeah. the point is, I that, would still that'd just say, be him giving back the golf money. <laughs> maybe, but that's maybe. another conversation. But, but you guys loving being, this? You loving this shit? You just <laughs> you just give where you can. Now, um, I also want to do a quick shout out to Jack Eichel and Bauer because last week we were talking about how uh, Bauer is um, was trying to get the word out in the United States that they want to do PPE, like the personal protective gear, specifically. It basically looks like a band around your head with like a longer plastic visor. Like they just extended the length of the visor. So it goes, it's a full face shield. So Jack Eichel purchased 5,000 of these masks. Wow. Gave them to hospitals around Western New York. Now, if you were to take his $10 million salary and you were to calculate how much these cost, <laughs> that is like a... No, I'm just, <laughs> that's good that's good Adam. Uh, no but, the, no, but jack, jack eichel deserves a shout out uh, five thousand of these that's hilarious yeah. uh, uh, we went a little hard then <laughs> that is the dark comedy i'm here for adam that uh, is- more more than a hundred thousand according to emily kaplan have been ordered across canada but again bauer's trying to get the message out like hey can we can we you know we want to help the states too we can help and uh, so Jack Eichel, shout out to him, 5,000 uh, masks donated from Bauer. And I believe that, you know, those are the great thing about those face shields is they're reusable, right? Mm. You know, the masks are, are great, but they have, you know, they're made of paper. They have, a, they have an expiry date. Um, whereas... Uh, I think they're supposed to be single use. They are, right? But they're being told to reuse them right now. So... Um, I think that that's, I think that's great. And that's sort of the, one of those things that, you know, they can disinfect those so easy. They can do it with every, you can disinfect, the, sorry, disinfect those with every patient. And that's the kind of stuff that makes things healthier and better. And it's, it's, you know, for, especially for a Sabres team that has had a pretty rough five years. Um, nice, nice little uh, community shout out with Jack. I mean, that's, you, we talked about how much the C on the Jersey matters. That's where a C on the jersey really matters. Yeah, that's the, that's it's a community thing. The kind of guy who wasn't deterred by having to delete his Instagram and Twitter because people are assholes. Yeah, he just decided I'm gonna be a great guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're gonna do an actual hockey chat here yeah. about a Leafs was, thing. Was that our shout outs? No, no, but you can. Do you want a shout out? Okay, if we if, yeah, if we're doing shout outs now, I'd do like it. a shout out. Please. Do it, man. Um, I want to shout out uh, A plus sushi. It's this place in uh, Parkdale in downtown Toronto. It's this small little sushi place. And I always go there and they're still trying to stay open. I know it's like, it's a very tiny business. Like they're mm. on a corner and like not a great area. And they're, they're still trying to get business. So they have a thing where if you bring uh, your own container for takeout, they'll give you 10% off. Because they're just, they're just trying to salvage really? anything they can this time. So yeah, you bring your little, your own Tupperware or whatever. And they'll put your sushi in your Tupperware so they don't have to use any more of their styrofoam and all that stuff. So, yeah, and I love their, their food. And we do every, a thing every week on Virgin Radio on Mondays where we order from a local food, uh, food establishment in our area just so we can support local business. And we'll order from there tomorrow and a post about just to give them a little shout out because I want them to stay open. I want them yeah. at the end of this for them to still be there because yeah. I, I really enjoy their service and it's great food. 
so yeah, shout out uh, A Plus Sushi and Downtown. So b- before you get into it, Steve, I, I want to actually see if this is a podcast thing we can do as well. Because so on the, on the show, it was sort of like, how can we help the community? There's not much we can do. I can't manufacture Bauer PPE stuff in my living room, right? Like you can't make masks. So what do you, what do, you do? Are you sure? My, my wife has a cricket. So she can make something. Do you need us to <laughs> cut out letters for you for something? <laughs> can we, we can print something that. on a t-shirt? Can we print it on a t-shirt? We can put it on a t-shirt. She's even got like the wood connection for it. We can do like little, little bits of wood. You show Anybody up at the it. hospital with a bunch of letters. How can yeah. I help? <laughs> and I helped. <laughs> Just in case you guys needed any uh, stationary products or whatever. Um, no, but I, I uh, what was, why did I stop? Why did I want to say something? I uh, you you can saying, put labels on the sanitizer. Sorry. You were well, saying that was a thing we do on the show. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so Jesse mentioned it, but uh, I want to reinforce this. Monday, we just decided that Monday would be our order in night. And the reason was weekends are toughest for restaurants right now because that's where they make their money and mondays are usually a slower night for a restaurant anyway but we just thought let's do let's do monday here's what i'm ordering in tonight and then we do a post about it so last last week i did alouette burger jesse i forget what you did uh, uh what, school was, in liberty school. village yes yeah yes. shout out libvidge out in libvidge yeah <laughs> actually you know what would be a fun thing that we should go back into is the liberty village facebook page uh, oh, i should check it out <laughs> i bet there's, there's some stuff happening 100% there right it's just people narking about social distancing. oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. 100% yeah. well 100%. we also but we also sorry i should say i should say narking that isn't actually narking oh but yeah it's, it's violations of social distancing that are not Right. 100%. 100%. So Look at if, these two people walking. To, that's my mom. If you're a podcast <laughs> listener, if you're a podcast listener, and if you have it within the budget, because I understand for a lot of people, just not the time. But if you have it within the budget to order in once a week or even once a month, we post about it on Mondays. Now, you can order in any day that you want. But if you could join us on Mondays and just post about it, tag us in it. Um, you know, Steve, Jesse, and I, maybe Jackson, TJ on Virgin. Um, you know, that I, I think it's important that the local businesses know that we're still here and yes. local businesses are just like us. They don't have six, you know, they always tell you that, Oh, I have six months in the bank. Most people do not have six months in the bank. Who Most the businesses, yeah, it's just not affordable. That? Exactly. Exactly. Jeff so, Bezos does. Uh, Bezos I does. looked up his net worth. <laughs> okay, but he does though. Okay, but he- <laughs> so, so the 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 thing is if, Jesse. if we start this trend oh, are you guys are you, i thought you're pushing no, other me. other side other no, side oh. Jesse. you're an yeah. idiot yeah <laughs> did i do it cool it's yeah, it's flipped it. oh, is it, oh is it flipped? flipped yeah so like your your view right now of you is you flipped. Guys just... yeah so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh. so I know it's going to be a while, man. Get used to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry. If, if there is a restaurant in your area that's local. So we had a bit of, we had a bit of a snafu on, on the air on Monday. It's one of the funniest moments I've ever had uh, on the air. Um, so we all go through our restaurants. So Jesse mentions his, I mentioned mine, Jack's mentions hers and TJ's like, Oh yeah. Cause we want, it's local business. Uh, TJ's like, well, I got this great breakfast place in the neighborhood oh no and so we lean in and we're like oh and there's a lot of options where he lives he lives down at like church in front 
Um, and they're great, great spots, a lot of local places. And we're kind of like, okay. And he's like, and they make delicious this, oh, delicious no. that. Oh, and we're going, no. oh, wow. Okay. How could we've never gotten an invite? We should go to brunch for this, pl- this place on, uh, on a Saturday when things get back to normal. Cause we do that from time to time. And he's like, expectation. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and then Jackson's, Jackson's like, you know, I was going to the expectation website, and the first thing they asked you is, "Which country do you live in?" Because <laughs> they have oh. hundreds of locations around the world. Oh my it's god, Jesus. America, South America, like they've got everything. So oh my god, that's so funny. Local place. So try to make sure it's local. <laughs> because corporations are going to have an easier time surviving this. You know, massive mega corporations are going to have an easier time surviving yeah. this than. Oh God! Yeah, don't tell us you're trying pop. to support your local Starbucks. Right. You know? So if everybody, if you could post about it, shoot a video in your in your living room, just say we ordered this. Here's why I love their food. If you ever come here, or if you ever order from them, you should order this. That's the kind of stuff that's going to make a difference. And if we can kind of get a wave started here, and I don't mean this to be a movement, but it would be nice locally if we could just at least know that people are trying. Uh, anything that brings us together at this point means something. And so this would mean something I know specifically to restaurant owners who at the best of times have one of the hardest gigs in the world. Running a restaurant is, as a business, I don't know why anyone gets into it. I've never watched a cooking show and been like, this looks fun. This no. looks like a good idea. Well, and, and like even like running a restaurant is so hard. I actually, um, one of my friends, he was part of a big corporation um, and they they had one restaurant outside of this corporation that they owned. And he said, I, you know, he's, he was one of the higher ups there and he's a great friend. He's a great guy. And he's like, I've had a lot of challenges in my day. Nothing has challenged me like this restaurant, nothing. And it's a great restaurant. And you think what could be so bad? It's, it's a tough, it's a tough gig and a tough, tough business. So uh, shout out to all those restaurants and, and we'll obviously have our posts up tomorrow. Now I want to ask you guys about Nick Robertson. Well, here, can I can I do a couple quick shout? Oh yeah, yeah, quick shout out. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, um, sorry. So a couple uh, Durham places, or at least East Durham. There's the Brock House. Mm-hmm. Um, we've ordered from them a couple times. Uh, we've ordered from them. Hot what do we get? What do we get? What do we get? Oh, we go boy. there. What do we get? Short rib. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to. What about there... the tall rib for tall guys? <laughs> I Jesse, I bet if you asked for it, they could accommodate you there, pal. <laughs> um, Thank you. We. Uh, what did I order? They, they got they got burgers they, they got all kinds of good stuff uh lamb shank and what's great is so you can order hot or frozen so they'll oh. give you a full frozen meal we got uh we got the lamb shank and it's like what what are the odds this is going to be as good as it usually is it's bloody frozen it was spectacular so the really? brock house spectacular uh the brock house um berry hill food company in oshawa it's my favorite breakfast place and uh they're still doing food but i think it's like whatever they get um, but I feel like they're one of those restaurants that are like, here's what we have this week. Mm. Um, so they're really cool. And uh, you don't need to be local to East Durham for this one. I want to shout out a friend um, who's uh, making some pretty cool content. Uh, is He's going by Big Red online. His YouTube channel is Crushability with Big Red. Um, his Instagram is Big Red underscore official. And so is his Twitter, Big Red official. He's a got a giant red beard he looks like yukon cornelius you can't miss him uh and he's a bartender who obviously not doing a ton of bartending right now but he's got this really cool idea where if you send him a picture 
of just the booze you have at home that you're not doing anything with on Instagram or Twitter, he'll have a gander at it and he'll tell you some fancy cocktails that you can make. Cool. What a great a idea. That's yeah. Cool. And, and he's, uh, I think he just started. Yeah. Like he just posted yesterday, how to make a gin Daisy, how to make a margarita with big red. So he's, he's just posting these little videos, uh, that are based on people going, here's what I got in my house. And his videos have like under a hundred views each. So let's support him. Uh, crushability with big red, big red underscore official. It's pretty cool. And I'm going to be doing something with him uh, coming up soon. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Dude, wicked. Um, Some actual hockey for a little bit here because kind of we're rolling in and out of it. Um, Luke Fox wrote a great article on the 4th of April about Nick Robertson. And Nick Robertson obviously had an incredible season. He was five goals away from 60 when the season was shut down. It looks like he was going to have 60 goals in something like 47, 48 games, something like that. Like crazy, crazy. And it's interesting to read the Kyle Dubas quote on this because first off, no prospect at the age of 19 is allowed to join the Marlies if they're coming out of the OHL. Unless they're from Europe. Yes, unless they're from Europe. Yes. Which is the stupidest rule in the the history of dumb rules. This is the dumbest. Yeah. So he either goes to the Leafs or he goes to the OHL. Yeah, you can't go to the Marlies. There's no no, uh, guys of they're doing this for the protection of young players mm-hmm. because if the young player is from Sweden, it doesn't matter. And you get a guy like Rasmus Sandin who played in the OHL like Nick Robertson, but because mm-hmm. he's got a different passport than him, he's cool. Right. And Nick Robertson, not Canadian. It's American. So it's, it's yeah. like, a, it's this arbitrary North American versus it's stupid. It's, it's stupid. Ridiculous. It's an old rule. And they're, they're talking about, I think raising the draft age to 19 anyway. Um, and then allowing for that, for this rule to go away. I, that's a different conversation for a different yeah. time. I don't know anything about whether it should be 18 or 19. So I don't know. But uh, Kyle Dubas's quote on this is interesting. And he said, you know, looking back on last season and reflecting on it, I think we should, should have probably given him more of a look in training camp and probably rewarded him with an exhibition game or two to see how he did there. But he went back to Peterborough, had a great attitude, and he was an excellent player for them right away. Now, I think you got to remember too. Nick Robertson is how big, Steve? Oh boy, I gotta look it up. He's not big at all. He's right. I, think, I want to say five. Look it up. Five ten, buck sixty. Okay, so that you don't need to look it up because who's yeah. the coach in the? Who is the coach of the Leafs in September last year? Mike Babcock. Is Mike Babcock going to put Nick Robertson in the lineup? No, I'm no. sure there were guys he did put in the lineup. He did kicking and screaming. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jason Spezza. Uh, he said it's disappointing. Right. <laughs> It's disappointing, of course, that he won't be able to see how far he could have run it up uh, in regards to chasing 60 goals. But I think he's more focused and hard, one of the more focused and hardworking prospects that I've seen in my time in hockey. Big praise. I think he knows the areas that he needs to continue to work on, and he's got a great read on that. So if you're the Leafs, and let's, let's go pie on the sky here, and let's say the season starts on time. doesn't have to be fans in the stadium. The but world I want to live in. Yep. But everything goes to plan where you, you say, forget the 20, you know, forget this season, the 2019, 2020 season, it's over. And I think you sort of have to at this point. Um, it's done. It is done. Um, let's say training camp starts in September. Um, no fans in the stadium, but Nick Robertson noted forward is good enough to make this team. Do you a let him 
B, let him for nine games and see how it works out. Or C, say, you know what? You're still too small. Let's put you back in the minors. Because the team is already fast, already kind of small, already very deep at forward. What do you do? It's a tough one because you, it's the hardest thing to do is score goals. And that's all this guy does. That's all this guy does. He's crazy good at it. And I shouldn't say it's, it's all he does because he's, he's got this bomb on the power play. He's got the left-handed bomb that he's basically already got what Matthews just developed, which is a crazy left-handed slap shot on the power play. But he was also killing penalties for the Peets. Uh, this mm. season. When, when I saw him, I was like, what, what the hell is he doing out there? Oh my God, he does everything, this guy. And, you know, uh, Simeon Durogachinsev should be given some uh, credit for yeah. Nick Robertson's performance because he, basic, he basically sacrificed goal scoring. He, I think he had like 10 goals or 12 goals because you just spent the whole season passing Nick Robertson because of course you should. You mm. should be. And God bless SDA. But all of a sudden, Nick Robertson goes, goes to the Leafs, and he's playing with even more experienced, more gifted playmakers than SDA. Oh, it's a fun little dream. Well, it's and, a and fun then, little so dream. So that, that, that becomes the question is, because Nick Robertson's a left winger, um, and I'm not sure, well, he's a left winger and a center. And part of me wonders, could that be the answer next to Tavares? Oh, heavens to Betsy. Right? Because <laughs> then that allows you to push um Kerfoot back now we know the Leafs are going to have to trade a couple of guys there's Kerfoot Kapanen and um and Janssen all making around the same amount of money yeah if if somebody's going to have to move if Robertson makes the team one of them like we keep talking about oh maybe they got to go if Robertson makes the team one of them has to go has to go right so there's that happening um and it's also sort of it's a little bit frustrating that uh um, that that rule exists that you're either in the NHL or you're in the OHL it's because dumb. that's not the players. That's not in the player's best interest. It's no. in his best interest to go to the Marlies and develop there and develop some confidence and develop penalty killing and all the other things that he's going to need when he comes to the NHL when they're going to need him for. So one idea I had, and this sounds a bit crazy, and I don't know if it's even possible, but the Leafs have NHL, AHL, ECHL. Is there an opportunity one day in the future to implement their system? And they don't necessarily need to be the full owner of these teams. But what would stop the Leafs from buying a Swedish elite league team or a Swiss elite league team? And saying, okay, our European players go here. You know, the ones that want to stay home. Because I know that like Lilligren considered staying uh, in Rogel. Um, what would stop them from sending a guy like Nick Robertson over there to develop in their system over the, you know, over a couple of years and then coming over or over one year, you know, if the Leafs owned another team in that in, in Europe, that's comparable to the AHL. I think, I think the Swedish elite leagues, I got pretty it pretty close, right? I got it. Jurgarden. Jurgarden is the team that Matt Sundin co-owns. Can I, can I tell sure. you why this won't work? Tell why? me. Because the kid from Forest Hill isn't going to go over there and play hockey. He'd He's rather go Hill. play. He, no, 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 from I'm just I'm just saying from wherever. Right. The kid from uh, wherever Ontario, wherever BC, isn't going to want to go over to Sweden and play hockey. Oh. Matthews rather he'd rather do the OHL or whatever or Western Hockey League for a year 
and then go play in the AHL. But Matthews is like the only one, man. So Matt, yeah, Matthews did. But okay, okay so you or the forerunner. So here, here are your options. You go back to the OHL and you make your two hundred dollars a week and you stay in a boarding house, mm-hmm. yeah. or you go to Europe. You make half a million and you develop under the team system. It's still you're going to Europe. No, I think I think the hockey players they're staying here and they're playing in the OHL. They're they're doing what they know. They're staying in the country where they know where their family is, and then they're gonna play that year and then try and make the NHL. Well, what if we made it easy on you and we give you a really nice house in Sweden that your family can come stay in? Matthew's Matthew's mom and sister moved to Switzerland yes. with him. He made a million dollars. And well, now, and Robertson's parents aren't from Peterborough; they're from freaking California. Yeah, he's already been without his parent parents since he was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, Adam, the difference. Oh, Adam, you're speaking my language. I'm just saying. This is a great idea. If, I just don't even think. If, it's not happening for any of those top prospects. They're not willingly doing that. Why not? It's, it's just Europe. there's no. It's there's, awesome. There's just no. There's there's nothing that's shown me in the uh, in the hundred years of hockey player that these guys would make that decision at Time the highest change. at the highest level at that level of player. I don't think they would do that. They would Time just follow change. the path. Let's get around this rule. Let's do the leaf thing and spend our way out of trouble. We can't There's spend a it on reason the those guys are the anomalies. There's a reason, like even in basketball, the ball family going over to Australia and, and skipping NCAA. But is, those players weren't thing. even good enough, right? Like, no. Uh, his other son's going to go like top five in the draft. And, oh, okay. And, okay. Lamelo's the one. Is, is Lamelo the good one? Yes. I, I don't know their name. So, yeah. <laughs> my bad. But, and there's you a reason. Don't think that, so. And there's a reason that Matthews is, is the only example we got in recent memory. I just think. There's no, there's no way these guys are willingly going over to Europe. So Jesse, you're telling land me land where they don't speak. If you know, I gave you half a million bucks, half a million dollars, you wouldn't spend a year in Sweden. Also, one, if Yo, I'm at not 18? at eighteen, at eighteen, what? half Yo, a million bucks. I got my own place. I got half a million bucks. I get to play I'm hockey going. for a living. <laughs> what's i don't i don't i don't think that's possible yes that's, it is that's what they got paid i mean that, that no, got a million. Is that, is, and then he's allowed to be under contract on your team yeah i don't think that's a rule he doesn't need to be he, he doesn't, doesn't need to be what so well, are have you drafted this player so you've drafted the player and you say uh-huh. listen here's the offer from our european club it's an affiliate but it's our european club and here's our way to get you into a better development <laughs> situation than the ohl nick robertson's great and the ohl is great but the ohl there's an expiry date for players like nick robertson who are elite sure. level players why wouldn't the leafs invest in a team you know they don't have to make money they just i think you're breaking break- breaking a hundred nhl rules collecting why not? but it's great rules. it's great roger <laughs> nielsen roger nielsen revolutionized hockey by consistently breaking the rules <laughs> okay. so that's me i'm i am hockey's revolutionary i am the revolutionary the nhl needs Leafs can hire me anytime. Gary, Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman would be at your door. Good. Banging it down Good. and Good. yelling at you. Good. <laughs> Lou Lamorello would call me and be like, "Stop stealing my moves. Make him write the rule. Make Listen, him write the rule." I'm sure yeah, it's in there. The Sean, the Sean Avery <laughs> rule. No. The Sean Avery rule. We never it's thought we'd there. have to write it, but we do. There's there's none of this is happening. I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> I think I, the Leafs are going to hear this and they're like, oh my God, also, that wild guy's a genius. You think David Branch is going to let this happen? You think David <laughs> Branch is going to be like, yeah, just take, take my best player. All right. But what's David Branch going to do to the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> he's going to. The Leafs are worth more than David Branch's league. Yeah, but he's going to call up Batman and be like, I'm unhappy. And that's. And Batman's going to say, they're the Leafs. They I, don't, 
don't think they fund us, saying. man. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When were the Leafs not the the NHL's bank account? Like I, I it's crazy. But but if you listen, I think it's a it's a plausible and in in fact, it might no. even be smart. You talk about the local element, Jesse. Talk about these kids that have to come all the way over from Sweden, Finland, Germany, Austria. Why couldn't they have a development system in Europe? So they're a 90 minute plane ride away from home. You know, Wouldn't I, that be better for Adam, the kids? Adam has, okay, Adam might have a great idea for the wrong reason. Uh-huh. Why is it the wrong reason? No, it's no, the right I didn't reason. Do I'm trying to build a bridge here, guys. Let me. Okay. So Adam's got a great idea. The basis of it was let's get Nick Robertson playing in a professional league instead of the OHL. Yes. However, the Leafs have enough European guys in their system that having a European team you know, it could be centralized, could be in the Swiss league, or like you said, the, the Swedish league, they have enough European players that that's actually a really interesting idea. It's a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. They already have an ECHL team that they run like an American league team. And they own part of it, don't they? Uh, I think they, they own the whole thing. thing. The whole thing. I think they own the whole thing. So it's, if you could afford it, which I'm sure they could, why not do that? And also, it's not, it, it's not a charity. It's a professional no. hockey team. Fans are going to go to the games. It could be a money-making venture. Well, especially in the And S- if every S- now S- and S- then you can use it to send a gifted player like uh, Nick Robertson. You know, rhymes and- with Nick Robertson. Adam's got a great idea. Well, and, great and idea. I just don't understand. Beyond, beyond that, yeah. beyond that, let's talk about what the Leafs want. The Leafs, like the Yankees, like the Patriots, like many other teams, and I'm not putting the Leafs and the Yankees and Patriots on the same level because the Leafs need to win a lot Same. More. Right. They are the same. But <laughs> what, what are the Yankees and the Patriots in terms of branding? Not as good as the Leafs. Not even close. The Leafs want to be a global brand. Navy blue. Oh, okay. They want to be a global brand. They want to be Real Madrid. They want to be Manchester United. They want to be New York, the Yankees, you know, that sort of thing. That's their goal. Now they haven't accomplished yeah. it yet. You they want to do that, do that with winning. the Raptors. You do you that, do that by, by winning. winning. Yeah. But if you can spread a little propaganda along the way, like I don't know, owning an <laughs> SHL team that happens to be the best team, and you and you pile in the money, and you pile in people in the seats, and you use it as a bit of a lost leader, well, yeah. why not? You've, you've had a lot of good ideas over Adam the years, Adam. You've had a lot of great ideas. And this is my greatest. Thank you. If you don't love Adam, you're not landing. If you don't love Adam, you are dead wrong. Now. I will throw out something as devil's advocate because a lot of people say, you know, there's never been, there's, there's no such thing as an overdeveloped player. Mm-hmm. So I'm an undersized second round pick. I scored 51 goals, mm-hmm. then 51 goals again, got drafted, then scored 65 goals. Then my first season in the NHL after that, 52 points as a rookie, 76, and then a disappointing 45 in 70 games in my third season. That's Alex DeBrincat. You want Alex DeBrincat? I do. You know, like it's – He scored – what did he score, 40 goals in his first year, something like that? He scored – no, he scored 28 and then 41. 41. Which, oh, he's disappointing on a Blackhawks team that stinks. Like, what do you want from the guy, man? He's, he's not, he's good. He's not in world beater territory yet. And he was still on pace for scoring over 20 goals in his third year in the league Mm -hmm. uh, as a second round pick. Not bad. So it wouldn't ruin Nick Robertson. And the other thing is you could 
use it to develop another part of his game. Like one thing I think the Leafs did or tried with Kadri is, uh, you know, there was a debate heading into his final year in junior. Should we have him make the team or have him go back? He was a playmaker and they sent him back to junior and told him to focus on his goal scoring. And then he did. So like it, it was part of his development. The, pr- the problem was uh, when he got to the AHL, he was pretty useless defensively and still in pretty crappy shape. But well, he's, I he's still if, turned into Nazem Kadri, right? I wonder if Nick Robertson, they send him back and say, work on whatever it is to be a center. I'm sure they already told him this. But whatever it is to be an NHL center, because what you don't want going up against Patrice Bergeron shorthanded in game seven is Zach Hyman. And not, not, one, not even two need Zach Hyman. One needs Zach Hyman. You want a penalty killer who can win a fucking faceoff. Yeah. And if he's it's, a water bug type player, that's where I want him. Not, not, not that I don't want him to score goals too. I want him to do that. But and, I want a guy who can win some damn faceoffs. And the Peterborough Peets are listening to this right now. Like, yeah, what if he became a center? Like, what if he came <laughs> back for another full? Like, of course they want him back. So actually, damn, Adam's coming up with nothing but good ideas right now. I... <laughs> buy buy a European team. I'm into no. it. And and if Nick Robertson yeah. goes back to the OHL next year, why not convert him to a center? Sure. Why not? I he does play him. center a little bit. Yeah. Like, but I thought he played defense. That's what I was told by a noted hockey analyst. <laughs> this uh, show is big on switching his position. <laughs> <laughs> Huge. Goal yeah, yeah, you know what? I think it's important that he learns how to play center. I think – like I don't understand – um, I guess there are certain players that just straight up don't want to play center. I think Jeff O'Neill's talked about that, where he's like, I don't want that kind of responsibility. Yeah. That, but, that's very on brand. But if you were to tell, if you were to look at, say, um, Kasperi Kapanen, mm-hmm. and if you were to tell Kasperi Kapanen after the Phil Kessel trade five years ago, four years ago, whenever it was, listen, I know you probably don't want this sort of responsibility in your life, but in about five years, you're going to be making four million bucks a season. Pretty good, right? What, what if, if I told you? If, if you played a little harder and learned to win some face-offs, you could make $7 million because, because that's what a second-line center in the NHL is going to make, six or $7 million bucks now, right? Usually? Is that, is that unfair? Yeah. No, Alturis no and, uh, Kevin Hayes. So if you could almost double it, I think it was capping in that 3.5? Uh, something like that. Boys, I'm going to suffer kidney failure. <laughs> Steve's so, back from the bathroom. Yeah. Sorry. He had a bathroom break, yes. Had a good pee-pee. Yeah. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you were to tell somebody, hey, if you learned these extra little skills here and you can do them at an NHL level, you can make double what you're making. And that and is I basically don't... what they did with Kapanen. They're like, we know you like scoring goals and all that. You got to become, you have the skill set to become an elite penalty killer. Mm-hmm. Well, they, and they did, and he's, he's done well. But what if they'd said, why don't, you, why don't we throw in a little bit of center ice too? Don't tell me. He... And everybody's like, well, maybe he doesn't have the skills. I think if you've got NHL skills, you've got NHL skills, you can pick up face-offs. Can't you? You can yeah. pick up. That's just well, grinding it are, out. Face-offs are one of those things that, like, almost no one comes in the league good at them. No. Like, no. even Crosby was good Because you don't face that level of competition until you reach the NHL level. So you can't mm-hmm. really practice face-offs to get good enough because your, your competition just isn't NHL level because you're not at the NHL. I think it was the basic philosophy behind it. Alan McCauley said something really funny last night um, during the watch party. He said, for whatever reason, Russian centers used to just pick him apart because Hmm. he, like a pitcher in baseball, I guess just had tells. 
and they oh, would wow. just and they would just look at his hands and be like ah and like one game he's like i went 0 for 11 against igor uh, larionov <laughs> Amazing. I was, I was like, who who did you never want to go up against in the faceoff dot? He was like, oh, Igor Larionov. Oh, wow. really? Any, any Russian. Because they would just clean him out. Yeah. Um, is Igor Larionov, and, th- and then we're going to the press conference after this really short answer, uh, best second line, third line center in history? Probably another Russian, Evgeny Malkin, or Mark Messier. Yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. Yeah, he's he's up there. <laughs> yeah. But like he, Mark Messier on any team at that time would have been a first liner. Like I count him as a, he was an elite. Malkin's an elite. He's Igor Larionov was not elite, but boy was he the most reliable yeah. guy on the Red Wings all the time. Also, always played, always played well. Criminally underrated, just because we didn't even mention him. Ron Francis. Oh, mm. crazy! Yeah. The Penguins are the, the Penguins are spoiled, spoiled rotten. Right. Ron Francis has the best. He needs a Stanley Cup and he got it. Yeah. You know, the end Wait. of his career. Where did he win a cup? Are you thinking of Ray Bork? Ray Bork does. Ron didn't win it. No, aren't I thinking of Carolina? He didn't win it there. No. Uh, he no, the, the Leafs got him in 2002. Yeah. Or 2003 won. or four. When did they win? They and when's, when's the Carolina 2006. win? 2006. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe, I think, maybe I was thinking of the Ray Bork story. Yeah. yeah. Ray, Ray Bork. Bork. You would have been right about Ray Bork. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. did. Francis yeah. Francis won in the early nineties. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of Borky. Borky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do the press conference. The Steve Dangle press conference. All right, Adam's uh, Adam's history corner. You guys, here ready? we go. All right, I'm gonna try to keep this short. All right, no, go long. History. <laughs> This one comes from uh, Emil Nasteller, DM'd me. Good one. Um, I assume that last name is Finnish mm-hmm. because they are asking. Uh, the Winter War, Finland <laughs> and Rus- in Russia, just in case there are others called the same. They mm-hmm. want you to speak a little to that. And then I have another follow-up, which is a different question. Okay, also so the, the Winter War is cool. Uh, get it uh (laughs) no it's it's a cool piece of history because it's basically forgotten because world war ii happened right afterwards but what you have from what i remember again this is off the top of my head i thought it was part of it is it is sort of yeah um it's it's its own little theater so that so russia and and germany because germany wanted to focus on defeating the allied powers france britain um, at the beginning of the war, and they thought it would be a, a bit of a hard slug rather than what it became, which was a co- total rout. Well, and also, hey, we'd like to fight on one front instead of two, like instead last time. Instead of two. Yeah. So what they did was they signed a non-aggression pact. means we won't, we won't attack you, you don't attack us. And by the way, in this non-aggression pact with Russia or Soviet Union at the time, uh, we're going to just divide up Poland. And Poland's not going to know. We're just going to divide it up, and it's ours. And so that's what they did. And Russia used to control Finland. So I think during the late Russian Empire, uh, uh, Finland was a part of, it had been a part of Sweden. It had broken off, and I believe the Russians controlled it. That's my understanding anyway. So they tried to reinvade. But as we know from the Germans invading Russia a year later, the Russian army was a total disaster at this time. They had in 1937... Uh, Stalin had eliminated his best friend and hunting buddy and the entire Red Army leadership, some of whom had been left over for, you know, since World War I. These guys were hardened military people. 
And one of them was a very popular general and he eliminated all of them. So you imagine the American government without all of its top military leaders, all of them, like, like a hundred people gone. And so the army is a disaster in terms of training, logistics, organization. And it was already a mess because it was huge and unable to support itself in World War I when things were going in their favor. So you imagine without any good leadership. So they go into Finland and Finland's like tiny little Finland and they think this is going to be a walk. And the Finns fight this incredible guerrilla mountain warfare where the Russians would camp out at night. And it, remember, it's Finland, so it's snowing. And the Finns would ski in like on cross-country skis. So you couldn't hear them. Blow them up. Yeah, oh. couldn't hear them. Blow them up, blow up their campsites, and then ski away. And dressed <laughs> and in white. Dressed, dressed in, in white. white. Yes, it was an it's an amazing story. So the, and the resistance is such a fascinating thing because Finland at the time was technically working with Germany because Russia had invaded them. And, but the allies at the time looked at Finland and said, see, you can, you can stop Russian oppression. And then the allies ended up allying with Russia. So it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre little piece of history, um, but it is a very fascinating, and I wish I knew more about the specifics of it, but the, the Finnish general you know, held out as long as they possibly could. Like They did an incredible job with this, with a very small army. And what they did was it was mental warfare. They got into the Russians' heads because the Russians felt like they couldn't sleep. They couldn't sleep without, you know, being attacked. And so, you know, the Finns are never going to fight them one-on-one. -on -one. They're never going to go into the ring and go, let's, let's slug this no, out. they'll lose. They're crazily yeah. outnumbered. They're just going to take little pieces of you, and they're going to get inside your head, and they're going to terrify you, especially at night. And it's a brilliant – it was brilliant guerrilla warfare, and I just think it's hilarious that they skied in, and then after the battle was over, they ski away. Just like a bizarre – it's a bizarre time in history, but when you want to fight up there – that's kind of what you have to do. It's okay. Uh, we'll follow the tracks though. Oh, yeah. fuck. It's yeah. still snowing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that's, that's when I know about it. I'm sure there's Finnish listeners going, but there was this and this and this and this. Right. I don't know anymore, but that's what I know. They were also asking you to speak a little on the depiction of Vikings in movies <laughs> versus actual history, if you could. Yeah. So Vikings never wore the helmet with the horns. They never did that. Really? Uh, they didn't have a written language. So it's unfortunate. No we're such a mysterious, fascinating culture because we know so little about them. They didn't write anything down. So they were, they were these raiders, and they went into Germany. They went into northern France. They went into, obviously, in England. There was a big thing. But they made their, their, their little their, – what, what set Vikings apart was their, um, their boats. Uh, their, the Viking longboat, um, and they've confirmed this, Vikings made it to Newfoundland and settled. Wow. In North America, yep. In, Nor in North America in wow. the 1400s or something like that, or 1200s or something. It, it, no, it was 800. Was it the 800? Well, there you go. It was, it like, was, it was well before Steve's, Christopher Columbus. Steve's history. Come on. Wow. I might be wrong. I like it. No, <laughs> but it, it probably was, man. I, and that's, mm. it was technology that was so far ahead of its time, which is incredible for a culture that had no written language. And their whole thing, and I don't know if you've watched Vikings, the TV show, they have Obviously, there's some – you should watch Vikings. It's really good. Wasn't Josh Donaldson on Vikings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a Canadian-Irish production, it's, but it's a massive worldwide hit. Oh. Um, but they what, – what they said when they were going into making the production of that was, okay, we, we know some stuff. We're going to have to make some of this stuff up because, again, we don't know. They're just things that we just don't – we'll never know about the Vikings. But what was fascinating is how important the technology was for their boats, their long boats. They would roll up onto shore and they would 
show up anywhere. And that was the thing. It was again, it's like the finish finish in the Russians in that particular theater. They would show up. The British especially would not be expecting them. They'd raid some monastery, kill everyone, and then walk away with all the gold and stuff because it didn't mean anything to them. It's not religious to them. And the mental trauma that that causes you, that feeling of insecurity all along the coast, the most populous areas of England and Europe are all along the coast. So you know at any time these strangers from a far off distant land that you've never heard of before are could show up and kill you and you'd, there'd be nothing you could do about it. And it, it part of what the Vikings did that was so fascinating was they, in a lot of ways, contributed to England unifying because England is, you know, four different kingdoms, right? Or sorry, Britain was four different kingdoms, the Irish, Scots, Welsh. Uh, you could even argue the Northumbrians and then the East Anglians, which are like, you know, down in the South. Sure. And so when the, and this happened over a long, long, long period of time, but the Vikings showing up made those kingdoms work together to try to kick them out. And then you start to have, you start to have some cohesion or a uh, British identity, how, however you could have called it back then, especially in the South. So uh, the Vikings are fascinating and we know almost nothing about them. And that's what makes them so fascinating. And the fact that they were Canadian, they're Canadian Vikings, guys, Canadian Vikings. Steve. Whoa. Yes. Do you have a favorite Viking fact you can contribute to this segment? I'm one sixteenth Norwegian. Are you? <laughs> yes. Ooh, it was. Uh, wow. There you go. Yeah, it was one of the. It was one of the last things I remember my grandma telling me before she started losing her memory. And I, I wish because she had so much was lost um, when she lost her memory because she knew all of like the genealogy mm-hmm. of the family. And I just, I wish that was something while writing the book that was so frustrating. I just, I wish I could have picked her brain. That's yeah. I wish. Yeah. If you still have your grandparents around, try to mind them for all the stories that you possibly can about your family's history. Cause once they're gone, stories are gone too. You don't get it back. You don't get it back. And it's like the, uh, the Italian side of my family. I'm like, I don't know. They all had first names that ended with a and were farmers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like uh, ended with a or O and ended with some sort of vowel and, you know, milk cows and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta get stories, documentation, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't go back nearly, nearly far enough. Uh, Anyway, I think, I think that's it for the show today. Are we done, Jess? Oh, yeah. I'm good. Steve, You're do you good. have anything? Be safe and <laughs> hey, try new stuff. Yeah. Tr- no, don't. Or don't. Don't go to Big Red official crushability with Big Red and get him to show you what to do with your booze. No, definitely do that. Definitely don't. do that. Stay safe. We'll see you. We'll see you on uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. And we love you. Yeah. And we hope everything's good. Thank you for everything you do, especially for those of you that are working on the front lines. We love you. Thanks so much. Bye. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.